With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We've got a construct that's out there. And it really is the government, right? The United States government that is the construct that's blessing and cursing things that can get us healthy. Instead of getting healthy, we support cancer. Right? We, we, you know, we fight cancer. We don't cure cancer. I mean, yeah. they are not about anything. And I really, you know, I know I'm a, um, a pessimist, I guess. Um, I, I don't see this administration actually doing anything. You know, it's too big. It's too big. And we're not addressing the right things. I want to be proven wrong. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Steve, you know, you got it right. They mean well, but it's gotten to the point where, you know, I don't think they mean people. well, Joe. I, I, well, I, I think you know, they're I'm out for their own interest in and making money. Yeah, but you know me. I try to stay positive, David. I mean, you know, that's part of the health thing, and that's part of that harmonic frequency. We can't let them get and, us and, down. And, and speaking of cooks in the kitchen, Frank just mentioned the, the benefits they had back in 1918. Uh, with the Spanish flu and something as simple as baking soda, so <laughs> you know there, there's a lot the, of things. Uh, apple cider too. You know, it's like I always say: we're not alternative radio, we're not alternative healthcare. All these things have been around the longest. The problem is the Johnny Come Latelys have got the control uh-huh. and the money to make people think that they're the latest and greatest, and they've been around and they're right and everybody else is wrong, but we talked earlier, just something as simple as the children's uh, lunch menu in the schools across this country. Now, for some reason, the president's wife got involved, and I saw a copy of what she told them was healthy and, and made them carry it to school lunches, and it was not healthy. It was not good for the kids, and most of the kids were taking the lunches and throwing them away or not picking them up. So a lot of the schools canceled the federal lunch program because they said we're losing too much money. The the government loves to tell you how to do things, but a lot of times, like when it comes to nutrition, the people giving the advice and helping make the stupid rules don't have a clue. And that's where the problem comes in. And so I agree with you, Steve. It's not being a pessimist. It's being a realist. You watch this over and over, and it's like the horror movie that never ends. Yeah, but those poor guys in the schools, right, that are doing the lunch program are programmed by the dang politicians that are that hand it off to, you know, the news. And what do we get? We get the four basic food groups. Now we got the food pyramid with the octagon, the pentagon. I don't know. And it's not based on science. It's based on something else. And they hear it, they internalize it, and they just march along, Doc. They march along and they say, well, this is going to help everybody. 
Well, yeah, we you're right. And, and years ago, the food pyramid actually was a good thing, but it was completely turned upside down from what you see today. Back in the yeah. 20s, they, lied. they decided that they were going to side with uh, commercial food makers and the guys that wanted shelf life instead of health. And they turned that food pyramid upside down, and I know that they had to see the health damage it caused by telling people to eat the way that food pyramid was put together. And the guys that tried to stop them and do good were driven out of office and out of uh, their practices because the government and the commercial food industry was just too powerful. So they didn't really care. It was about business. And some of these guys think they know everything, and that, that's the problem, especially in the health industry. None of us really know anything. We, we all think we do, but you're always learning, and the more you learn, the dumber you find out you are. Yeah, yeah, Dave, and, uh, you know, I'm kind of concerned for you. I know that there are a lot of the holistic doctors that uh, met their untimely demise over a short period of time, I think they're on some research there, and it seems like anybody that's out there talking about good stuff or normal stuff or just having a conversation trying to get the truth out seems to end up on the wrong side of the earth. But um, yeah, hopefully that's something that's going to go away. You know, and we have these things coming in, like we said, the air, the water, you know, and, and look at poor Roger Stone, you know. I mean, uh, he was uh, potentially poisoned with, uh, what was it, polonium or something like that. That's what they killed that Russian mm -hmm. spy with. Yeah, right? So, you know, if you oh, talk too loud, they're yeah. going to get to you. So totally. we have a policy here where we don't poke the bear. Like I said, I believe that there are a lot of good people out there, and I'm going to stay positive. You know, we need government, but just not so much. And if they just give a little bit of the money back, I'd be happy, which is why I'm going to push that tax uh, program when Trump gets into office. Hopefully things are going to go smoothly. I heard a bunch of bikers were going up to uh, D.C., what they call it, the Wall of Meat. What was that all about? Steve, did you hear anything about that? Well, I heard a lot about that. I've heard a lot about a lot of things in D.C., you know, <laughs> as far as how that goes. At this moment, I think that the, the snowflakes are just going to be snowflakes, right, and all the predictions about, you know, a second Ferguson and all this other stuff is all going to be muted. Now, I'm not good at predictions. Let me give you that, right? But that's my, my gut feeling. Um, but... You know, when we worry about things like, are we going to be killed for what we're saying or coming on air and, you know, I could be Mr. Snowbody or something like that on the radio instead of Steve O'Brien. Um, man, it, it really, the measure of a man is what you stand for and how you stand. And as far as when people come at you, like Doc, props to him. You know, he... You know, he's doing his thing. And, uh, well, <laughs> that's what we live our life for, is to be good people and measure up to our ethics. And I know Doc does that all the time. So if they take him out, I'd be pissed off, right? I don't see that happening necessarily. Well, <laughs> but you never know. Um but I see Doc living up to that kind of a, a, a measurement that I like in a person. That's why I befriended him, right? Somehow we became friends. I don't even remember how. Mm. Well, I, hey, I appreciate it. Uh, Joe and Steve, thank you guys very much for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, 
we're just about to that point of the evening where we want to tell you uh, thanks for letting us be a part of your life and a part of your health care. Um, may God bless you with health and happiness. And please make sure that you're not so busy worrying about tomorrow that you don't live today. And we will uh, be able to tune in and hear Steve and, and his show on Sunday, uh, the Republic Broadcasting uh, Network. It's called the Republic of Texas Radio. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here. Uh, thank you, Frank, for taking care of things in the background. And uh, we'll see everybody next Wednesday. Take care. Seems the love I've known has always been the most destructive kind. Guess that's why now I feel so old before my time. Yesterday, when I was young, the taste of life was sweet as rain upon my tongue. I teased at life as if it were a foolish game. have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your 
Organic Sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. and you are really concerned about your legal jeopardy and the resulting media coverage, was deadly force justified? In your town, the politics of self-defense is not favorable, but at least you're alive and your family is protected. Fortunately, you have Self-Defense Fund, a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more, up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney cost per member. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Smoke Depot wishes you well. Locally owned and operated, we have all sorts of tobacco products. Come take advantage of our sale on vapor products up to 50% off. Thanks for listening to us on the Dot Green Show on ABRN, RER, Facebook, or YouTube. We are located at 1639 West Highway 290 in Fredericksburg. Like us on Facebook, Tejas Smoke Depot in Fredericksburg, Texas. I'm Gary Wilcox with Pet Floors of Houston. We specialize in luxury vinyl tile installations for your home or your office. We sell a high-performance floor that is perfect for anyone who has dogs or cats or is trying to get a floor that just looks beautiful without nearly the maintenance that other floors have. It's a heavy-duty commercial PVC product. It looks like wood or stone or tile. This is a floor choice that you find major retailers have in their stores or intimate cafe or even your fast food restaurants. The adhesive that we use is waterproof. The product is waterproof, and so therefore, you can use a bleach water solution, clean it right up, and you're back to normal. It doesn't hold any odor, it's realistic, it's hygienic, it's affordable, and there's no click, click, click noise on it when you walk on this floor. It's just amazing. We've been in this house for about eight years, and we've had some hardwood floors down. And it was really one of those things where they were looking worn and needed to be refinished, and we were really looking for an alternative. We found Gary with Pep Floors, and he came out and measured. The measurement process went very easily, and when it came to installation time, they came out here, did a fine job. The installers were great. The service has been great ever since. I love my new floors. They're great, extremely durable, and they just look beautiful. From a cleaning standpoint, from an overall care standpoint, you don't even have to think about what you're doing. It's, it's, there's no special care. It's, it's really nice. 
actually have a mobile showroom so I can come out to your home or office at a time that's convenient for you and I can show you the samples that would look right in your home. I can even help you make decisions and coach you through this. It's not like I've done this one or two times, but I've done it many, many times. So give me a phone call and I'm happy to come out there. I do estimates for you right there on the spot and it's all free of charge. That floor of Houston. Floor.com. TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all of Patriots you know. Do it now. As you know, this is the final stage in your examination. It's a rather informal test in which we try to get some line on your ability to think on your feet. Your reaction to stress and pressure. Clear your desk. Get your number two pencil ready. If you are ready, the Inquisition is about to begin. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. If you have questions, please refer them to the chat room and make them good. Go ahead, make my day. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Live from Houston, Texas, a man who calls it like he sees it, without the normal political correctness he may have grown comfortable with. It's time for the Texas Perspective on Current News and Events. This show is not for the faint of heart or easily offended. Chances are you will learn something and along the way get to hear some great music from bands you may have missed. The doctor is in and he will see you now. Well, I guess we better get on with it. Hey, and we're getting on with it right here live from Houston, Texas. <clears throat> Glad to have you all here today. Oh, man, lots of exciting things going on up in Austin. The call-in number today is 800-932-1980. 800-932-1980 if you want to be on the show today. And we'll be glad to talk to you. School choice is the buzzword right now. And we would like to talk about the pros and the cons of the school choice issue. So um, it's National School Choice Week, I guess. And uh, Lieutenant Dan, along with uh, Governor Abbott, have urged the legislature to take a vote on school choice legislation this session. So uh, addressing a crowd of cheering supporters on the South Capitol steps, uh, Lieutenant Dan declared that he wanted both the House and the Senate to take a vote on his upcoming private school choice bill. Now, I know those steps well. I have done many events on those South Capitol, on the South Capitol steps, many events indeed. And it's a great place. Now, the last time we went up there, we wanted to be on the South Capitol steps, but we were uh, not allowed to be because they were scaffolding the whole thing. And they had everything blocked off, so we had to do it on the uh, lawn instead. Though, quite frankly, that worked out rather well because uh, we actually had a lot of shade down there on the lawn. But anyway, uh, Lieutenant Dan came out on the South Capitol steps where we've had most of our rallies in years past. 
and addressed everybody and said, look, we want to vote up or down in the Senate and in the House this session on school choice. Now, first of all, let me say this about that. Lieutenant Dan, that is leadership. Good job. I appreciate the leadership on that. Now, Lieutenant Dan, why didn't you get out there and say, we want an up or down vote on the number one item in the Texas Republican Party platform, and that is to restore your God-given, constitutionally protected rights to keep and bear arms. Why, why didn't we get that? Uh, just, just a thought. You see, that's those same leadership, a guy that will get out there on the South Capitol steps and lead like he's doing on school choice here, that would have gone a long way towards solving the problem. Because the Texas Republican Party, of which I'm a proud member and a precinct chair, that is what the voting Texans, the ones that have put their time and their treasure into this state, that is what they ask for, the number one thing. Come to think of it, I don't even think school choice is in the top ten. Don't even think it was in the top ten. So uh, why do we need choice? Well, we're going to talk about that. I'm hoping Jube Dankworth may, may give me a call here later today and we can talk to her. But uh, school choice, uh, and there's pros and cons. But Dan Patrick said, look, it's easy to kill a bill when no one gets to vote on it. Oh, you mean like constitutional carry? <laughs> uh, Dan Patrick said uh, to the National School Choice Week rally, which drew thousands of students and family, family members from charter schools and private schools. And uh, Governor Abbott also spoke today saying he wants a chance to sign school choice legislation into law this year. Who else needs a choice? The governor of Texas needs a choice, he said to the crowd wearing a bright yellow scarf, a signature accessory that you're for a school choice. Uh, Patrick is expected to file a bill advocating for education savings accounts, which that's a good idea, which allows parents to use taxpayer money for private and parochial uh, school tuition as well as other educational costs. The education savings accounts are expanded versions of the school voucher program, which uses public money to pay for tuition costs. Back in the 2015 session, the Senate voted on Dan Patrick's private school choice bill, but the legislation never made it to a vote in the House because it got buried in calendars by the king of Texas, Joe Strauss. School choice advocates are also backing another option, Senator Paul Bettencourt, and Representative Dwayne Bohack have both filed bills creating $100 million tax credit scholarship pilot programs allowing corporations to contribute to a nonprofit fund that would award students with scholarships to private schools. In return, corporations get an insurance premium tax credit from their Texas tax bill. Once again, the, the best way to solve this problem is to abolish the failed public school system. The public school system here in Texas, like the public school systems in every other state of the union, are failing to produce a quality product. They're turning out skulls full of mush that know everything there is to know about Snapchat and Facebook and uh, all of that kind of stuff. But they don't know anything about reading literature they don't know anything about writing to express themselves and to clearly state an opinion. They don't know anything about arithmetic 
which has now morphed into mathematics because while basic uh, multiplication and add, addition and subtraction and division are all the, the good things, now you really do have to know algebraic formulas. That is rocket science, basic stuff. But we're not teaching our kids that stuff, no. What we're teaching our kids right now is that uh, their uh, great-great-grandmother was a monkey. Yeah, she swung on her tail from a tree over a primordial, mushy swamp, and somehow her and some of the other elders in the camp got together and said, hey, you know, uh, we have uh, come all the way up from amoeba state, and we've now become monkeys. Should we halt our progression here, or should we go ahead and become man? And... So they took a vote on it, and some of them decided to become men, and others decided to stay monkeys. Well, at least that's what they're teaching you in school, isn't it? And you're paying for it, so who's the idiot here? Abolish the public school system. Give the taxpayer money back to the people you stole it from with the instructions led by our governor and our lieutenant governor, that if you want your children to amount to anything, and if you want a future for Texas, you have to either invest in the books and the time yourself to teach your children, or you're going to have to pay to put them in the private school of your choice. Of course, if uh, our new president is successful in lowering taxes, there is always the possibility that we may be able to go back to uh, households where there's one breadwinner in the family and the other one raises the kids. Could be the man, could be the woman. Now, I recommend traditional. I recommend men go out and be the breadwinners. And I recommend women fulfill their role as natural nurturers, which God created them to do, and let them educate our children properly. Certainly, we have plenty of homeschool options. The problem that we have right now is, A, everybody has to work 16-hour days just to put bread on the table and to pay the ridiculous taxes that we are charged. And so that means we have to have a paid-for babysitting system, a government-run babysitting system where the government indoctrinates your children. That's why you should see that movie, Indoctrination where the government indoctrinates your children and tells your children that you're an idiot if you believe in God and tells your children that, no, no, evolution, that's settled science, absolutely settled science. That whole creation thing, well, that's just a bunch of garbage. That's Yeah, that's what you're paying for your public schools to teach your children. And no, you're not in a better school than anyone else. I don't want to hear it. There are no good schools in the public school system. There are none. And some of the private schools are suspect. But that's why if we gave everybody's money back to them, we could solve this problem. Anyway, school advocates are backing another option this year also, the $100 million scholarship pilot program to allow corporations to contribute to the fund to award scholarships to private schools. All right. Let's uh, bring her in here. Hello, Jube. Come on in here. Hey, thanks a lot. How are y'all doing? Well, I'm doing better since you called in because there there probably is not another person out there that's more of an expert on schools and education than Jube Dankworth. Thank you. You're very kind. <laughs> so 
We got the school choice thing going on, and if you've been listening to me rant and rave, you know how I feel about the school system. But I wanted to I wanted to hear the other side of the school choice thing because on the surface, school choice just sounds like a wonderful thing, Jube Dankworth. Well, we have school choice. Any parent can pull their child out and homeschool them. And, um, you know, in Texas, because right now it's not under the Texas legislature. My um, concern, to put it politely, uh, is that uh, the conservatives that we have fought for and put into the legislature and the Senate are now about to do a couple of things. One, they have said that they are defeated in improving the public schools. Two, they are willing to breach the wall between public school and private school in order to help people get supposedly get out from under public school. But it's a farce. Uh, right now, public uh, homeschool and private schools are not under the Texas legislature. The TEA has no say in how they teach. So your private school can use various methods and curriculum that is not text, ticks, whatever the name of the test is this year. Um, and they can use different methods and they can use what is necessary to educate the children. With the school choice, what they will be doing is bringing uh, homeschool and private school under the Texas legislature, because where public money goes, rightfully, public oversight should go, and with yes. that will go regulations. So our conservatives have not only uh, waved the, red, uh, the white flag as far as improving the public schools, but they are now willing to impose their public school criteria upon private schools. Not good, because let's face it, the public school criteria is horrible, which I uh, op covered in my opening rant. Uh, they're doing a terrible job in the public schools. The whole thing should be thrown out. Yes, the baby should go out with the bathwater in this case. Well, so I understand that they want to help, you know, every homeschooler and probably most private school parents understand that private that public schools uh, are not good and there needs to be school choice and I am all for school choice within the public school system and the charter school system and whatever other remedy they can invent on the public school side but when you breach that wall to the public school and private school, and you put private school under the legislature and under the TEA, that is insanity to me that our conservative representatives are doing the biggest power grab that they have done in decades in taking over private schools. And believe me, that's what will happen within the next 10 years. It will be totally under the legislature, which you know, a lot of other states have done that, uh, but in Texas, we've always been free, at least until this thing got started. Well, I'm extremely concerned about this. Uh, there are no redeeming factors in public school, and as I've said many times, anything that starts with the word public uh, should automatically be suspect. Uh, that generally means lower quality. So well, I don't know how to solve this school. problem, Jude Dankworth. I mean, what, who who do we talk to? We got 
a lot of uh, a lot of people out there, uh, myself uh, being one of them, worked very hard to get Dan Patrick elected uh, to the Senate, and now he's lieutenant governor. It appears that he's going against the things that we elected him to do. Well, again, you know, they could do school choice within the public sector only and get more uh, variations within the public school. But instead, they've been putting, they have had town halls all over town. They have gotten all the conservative Christian groups together behind them. Uh, And this has just been um, insanity because when you look at it, yes, school choice is all good. And believe me, every parent that is right now private schooling and parent and uh, homeschooling has had that decision. They have had to sit there and go, this is not working for my child. What do I do? And they take, make a choice to get out of public school. It doesn't cost a lot of money to homeschool your child. I have seen all kinds of people in all kinds of dire uh, situations from terminal illness to uh, not having a job to everything that have made that choice to educate their child without government help. Well, I know in my case, when we pulled uh, my youngest son out of school, uh, his freshman year in high school, we pulled him out and decided to homeschool him. And you're right, it didn't cost that much to homeschool, but it did take some time. At that point in Mm -hmm. time, uh, either my wife or I were in a position to one of us stay home on any given day. Right. And got to say hello to Bill. He just uh, dropped into the chat room. But we were able to do that. Now, my daughter, with her five girls, is homeschooling, and she's put her nursing career on hold so that she can do that. And she works temp when she has time, but she realized that they had to homeschool, and they are not wealthy, I assure you, my daughter and and her husband. Uh, But yet they figured out a way to do it. Now, they do without a lot of things that a lot of people would like to have. You know, they don't drive the luxury car. uh, They don't have the boat. uh, They don't go on vacations. But it's one of those things, Jube Dankworth, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I think when it comes to educating your children, uh, you've got a choice. You can pay now or you can pay later. And if you pay now, it's going to bring you dividends on the back end, whereas if you choose to pay later, it may come with interest payments that you can't make. Your thoughts? Well, and the whole, well I've, I've seen physicians, lawyers, architects, accountants, uh, put their career on hold and homeschool, and lots of nurses. A lot of nurses that homeschool would do the 36-hour weekend. Uh, we've we've seen uh, truck drivers taking their kids with them on the trucks and homeschooling them that way. Uh, these are people I have personally talked with, and the fact is that it doesn't. It does cost some time and attention. It does cost the parents being actively involved in their child's education. But, you know, with uh, the open culture now and what is on the web, which, which, what is on the Internet, which was not as widely available when, uh, many years ago, the, actually the brick-and-mortar schools are becoming dinosaurs, and I believe in 20 years they will be dinosaurs. Now, the difference is who's going to control the curriculum, who's going to control who teaches your child. Does everything come up under the state and uh, they control what your child does and does not learn? Or do you as the parent decide what is of interest, what will uh, cause your child to be, you know, giving your child that freedom 
to go after the education and the learning that they are interested in. Uh, we all know that public school pretty well kills a lot of uh, intellectual children's uh, incentive to learn on their own. They, that's the first thing that's drilled out of them is this desire to learn. And so they, um, you know, because it, it's, it's not what we call delight-directed. It is state-directed. <laughs> Huh. And you know that is the big thing is you anybody can can educate their child uh, with what is on the internet with a library card and computer you can give your child a top education because Stanford and other people are putting their courses online now for free there is so much that you can do you can actually go to the Library of Congress on your on the internet and read the original documents. You can go to the Texas uh, State Library and read Travis's letter, which I'm sure the public school children never read anymore, whereas we used to back in the ancient dinosaur days, we were the ones that had to learn, had to actually memorize it. So, you know, there's just out there in education and why we're being constrained and now put up under the legislature when we have been free for so many uh, centuries, actually. We've been, you know, private school has always been free in Texas. And um, I don't know why the legislature is wanting to put us back up under them when they cannot, when they're actually saying that they have failed in uh, teaching the public school kids. Talking with Jube Dankworth, and uh, what's your what's your website, Jube? I want people to get more information on how they can homeschool. TexasHomeEducators.org. TexasHomeEducators.org. We're talking with Jube Dankworth. That's J-U-B-E. Jube Dankworth, and she is one of the early pioneers of homeschool here in Texas. She started out back in the days when uh, you could get arrested and put in jail for homeschooling your child. And you've hit on some right. very good things here. Uh, uh, the amount of, you know, having a child study something is actually, actually interesting and informative. That's one of the things. And what they do in the schools with the uh, No Child Left Behind uh, deal is, uh, I, I would like to change the, change the name of that to the uh, No Child Allowed to Excel uh, program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're losing it, and and the the state should not be controlling this. When was the last time, Jube? If, uh, if you watch some of these, and I I do these uh, like national spelling bees and stuff they have. When was the last time we seen a public school child in the top ten? Don't know. I I don't watch those. I do help the local uh, spelling bees and the uh, geography bees that the homeschoolers are having right now in Houston, and uh, they're having them all over the place because we can compete. We can compete in everything. We have 16 football uh, teams in Texas. We have, uh, you know, excuse me, you said homeschool football teams. Yeah, homeschool football teams. How about that? Graduations. The graduation committees are getting organized right now for all the graduations in May. There will be proms. There will be, uh, you know, just everything that the public school is offering the homeschoolers can do and more because we can go to the museums, you know, during the uh, and actually take the classes at the museums and we can go to all of these wonderful places 
in and around Texas that Texas has a great museum system and a great uh, library system, and there's just so much that we can learn just with what's available uh, in Texas. So there's a lot that that we can do to properly educate our children. And a lot of it, as I've said before, for instance, is just reading the classics. They're available. You don't even have to buy them anymore. They're they're mostly available online. Uh, I'm a book kind of guy. I like to buy books. But all of this stuff is available. We need to teach our children to read. And unfortunately, I can tell you, looking across my grandchildren, the ones that were in public school, they don't read. They don't teach them to read. Your thoughts? Right. Well, they don't, and uh, it's really interesting that, you know, you can teach the kids 26 phonograms uh, or you can teach them 1 million words, and which is easier uh, is to teach them to 26 phonograms and then let them continue to learn from themselves as it goes. Um, there's just uh, a lot of stuff that the schools have, you know, my biggest, my biggest aha moment when I stepped into homeschooling, our kids were in public school and they were destroying my child who had ADD. And um, so we pulled her out and she loved to learn. But my biggest aha moment was there are so many philosophies of education and there are so many methods of education and only one is used in the public schools. And even less than that now, because the teachers have to read from a script, they aren't allowed to use their own innovative teaching methods to teach the children because it's not, you know, approved. And uh, there's there's just so many ways to get get it across to your child in some ways i would like to see that slightly controlled because let's face it after these uh, teachers come out of the uh, university system they are all pretty much card-carrying communists and that's what they want to teach the kids they think that's the way things should go so having some constraints in what you can teach the children is possibly a good thing now if you had real teachers people that didn't get in it because they get three months off in the summer with full benefits but if you had real teachers in there that were teaching because they wanted to teach the children and they had a good solid foundation, a good relationship with God, then I could justify one and give them more leeway. But I'm afraid if you give them a lot of leeway today with the teachers we got, they're going to end up teaching uh, these kids horrible stuff. It's just like right here in uh, Cy Fair School District. Uh, we, uh, we've gotten rid of prayer at the school board meetings. We don't have Christian prayer anymore. And the other day, they had uh, uh, a lesbian, and uh, her husband, I guess, uh, her lesbian female companion, uh, they had them both up there to give them an award for teaching. Mm -hmm. Is that what we want our kids to see? We want them to to worship at the altar of homosexuality? I'd, I'd say they don't deserve any leeway. Uh, your thoughts on that, Jude Dankworth? Um, people are people, and all people need to be educated. Uh, you know, there used to be a uh, moral clause in the in the in the Texas school uh, Texas teachers contracts 
those were tossed out many years ago. But you have to realize that the teachers of today were taught under the Clinton administration because so many of the older teachers retired many years ago when they started giving the younger teachers more money than they did the older teachers in order to recruit teachers. A lot of the older ones retired, and all the ones that have been or that have 20 years in now, they are uh, people that uh, were trained under the Clinton administration. Well, let, let's pick that, pick that up after the break, assuming you have a few more minutes for me, Jube Dankworth. Sure. All right. Be right back after this break. Take it away, Frank. from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements, along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call VitaScientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more, up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover SelfDefenseFund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beattie did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beattie set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. Smoke Depot wishes you well. Locally owned and operated, we have all sorts of tobacco products. 
Come take advantage of our sale on vapor products up to 50% off. Thanks for listening to us on The Dot Green Show on AVRN, RER, Facebook, or YouTube. We are located at 1639 West Highway 290 in Fredericksburg. Like us on Facebook, Tejas Smoke Depot in Fredericksburg, Texas. The doctor is in. I'm talking with uh, Jube Dankworth of the uh, Homeschool uh, Coalition. Let me have that website one more time, Jube Dankworth. TexasHomeEducators.org. The coalition is the other group that's leading for school choice. All right, TexasHomeEducators.org. .org. All right, I'm getting that up now here. So I can share that with everybody out there. There's also a TexasHomeEducators.com. Yes, that's our old website. We're moving things over to the new website. Okay. You'll want to get a forward on that. (laughs) Uh, There is. No, uh, there there will be. There will be. Yes. Okay, good. Make sure that that happens. Yeah. So, um... We were on something when we when we left off of here that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, we were talking about, yes, what the teachers are teaching and where the teachers came from. And you mentioned that a lot of them came up during the Clinton years, and that's why they're now teaching uh, immorality. Here's the thing. You know, I've worked for different corporate environments in my life, and almost all of the major ones had a moral turpidity uh, clause in there that if I was caught in any immorality, well, that was instant firing because they weren't going to have that. But now, uh, today, mor- moral turpitude, now today uh, you have to worship at the altar of homosexuality or you are not acceptable in public life. Is that not true, Jube Dankworth? Well, that, and if you watch the nomination hearings, uh, you have to bow at the altar of global warming also. I couldn't believe Wait. they were asking the the uh, guys for those uh Homeland Security and so forth, where they believe, where they stood on uh, global warming, it just was kind of insane. Well, it's the new religion. Yeah, yeah. Now, when, I, when I every... should... They have changed it to climate change. They realized the global warming thing wasn't working out because the last time they had a big announcement on global warming, there was a huge uh, uh, world-class hundred-year uh, blizzard. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I'm well, that's so glad not working out. They, they call it climate change, but I suspect that both you and I do believe in climate change. I mean, after all, dinosaurs once roamed the Earth. The Earth was hot and humid, and then the Ice Age came, mm-hmm. and we had woolly mammoths everywhere, and then uh, right. the, the Earth got warm again. And I don't think man had anything to do with any, any of that, but uh, there's no denying that climate change is real. Yeah, there is climate change. It's just a matter of whether you believe it's man-made or not. So I would just like to see more people take that argument to them and remind them, well, you know, what what did cause the Ice Age? Was that because the dinosaurs industrialized? What warmed the Earth again? Uh, same problem, you know. <laughs> did, did the woolly mammoths industrialize? Uh, it's ridiculous to think that man's got anything to do with any of this. Right, right. 
Well, the thing is that, you know, again, it, it's it's what the children are being taught. It's also how the children are being taught. Uh, there's just so many more variations that are not being used in the public school system. There's uh, a lot of things they could do within the public school systems to improve them. And again, public school systems were not considered the top of the line. They were always considered the bottom choice or the bottom quality of education. Uh, a lot of people used to put their children in uh, their, their church schools and uh, then they would get tutors and so forth. But uh, it, in the 50s, it became the, a massive uh, machine, I guess, to uh, process children and to get them into college in the 60s. And uh, now it's just, uh, you know, a way to get children into compliance. Yeah, yeah. get them into compliance. So once again, uh, I commended uh, Lieutenant Dan Patrick for actually exercising leadership because I love to see leadership being exercised. But it looks like it's being exercised for something that nobody really wanted or thinks is a uh, is a real problem. And yeah, it's it's uh, it's great if you could pick the, the school that your children go to. But the truth is, most of these schools are just not a good buy for you, the consumer. You've got to think about your children and quit looking at the schools as a babysitting system. That is ultimately all that they are. And the only smart thing to do is to pull your children out and either choose a private school that you will personally pay for, or if you're not financially able to do that, then uh, to choose homeschool. And today, there are so many resources for homeschoolers. If you even have a high school diploma, you're probably more than able to teach your children better than what they're going to get in the public school systems. Would you uh, like to dissuade me from that notion? No, there was actually a study, and they found out that the child's accomplishments in homeschooling were higher than most uh, public schools, and it did not depend on the education of the parent as to how the children tested out on um, on those tests for uh, you know for measuring so you know it, it you could, if you don't there are a lot of parents that don't even have high school degrees that are homeschooling and what they're doing is they're using a good program and they're right there with the child to help explain to help work through the problems and to give them that one-on-one -on -one attention that they don't get in public schools and that is what they found is the criteria. It is that one-on-one -on -one time with an adult that helps the children to learn. It makes the most sense. I mean, the child's sitting there, and uh, he's got the stuff that he's reading in his hand or perhaps on the computer, and something doesn't make sense to be able to ask the question, why is this? And to be able to get that instant answer, uh, it, moves the moving, it moves the education of your child forward by light years. Yes, it does. It does. And it helps. Excuse me. What's that? Is that on your end, the noise? You're breaking up just a little bit there, Jube. Uh, maybe, I don't know if you moved. Okay. I haven't moved an inch. I didn't know okay. what that noise All right. was. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Don't move. I've also got Tommy Attaway. I think Tommy would like to add something to this conversation. Go ahead, Tommy. Uh, hi there. Uh, well, my dad is an ex uh school superintendent and retired from Texas Education Agency, and my mother is a school teacher, and despite all of that, I still got an education. So this is <laughs> one of my areas of interest. That was in another time, though, Tommy. 
Uh, you know, yeah, it's, it, it uh, was. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm calling is that part of our imperative to be successful as a society is we have to return to those methods that have worked in the past. And that's kind of why I, I'm wanting to get some of Jube's uh, thoughts on a few questions I'd like to pose. And one of those mm -hmm. is, you know, how can we better have a curriculum that supports home education? You know, is there a market for people who would produce those sorts of materials that would make it easier for parents to teach their children? I'm thinking specifically in terms of, let's say, um, books that explain Texas history, U.S. history, world history from our traditional Western culture perspective. Uh, there are thousands of those. If you've ever been to a large homeschool convention, uh, the exhibit hall is filled. That was my, uh, I had a sixth grader that I pulled out and I went to the homeschool convention and I was so worried that there would not be enough for her for high school. And when I got out of the convention, I was just uh, numb because there were so many choices. So if you go to Amazon and put in homeschool, you will find thousands of books like that. A lot of them are from a Christian worldview. Some of them are not. Uh, and you can, you know, use those. A lot of them are, uh, you can get used books uh, in the spring. The uh, almost 100 support groups in Houston will be having uh, used curriculum sales. There are... Uh, just so many opportunities I was trying to find. I had just written up something for someone to show all of the, uh, okay. So we had a statewide bowling tournament last year. Kids are able to compete in 4-H. Their shooting sports feeds into the Olympic shooting uh, Sports. Most baseball, basketball, and football of homeschool teams are through TCAL. Uh, the gymnasts in Houston are homeschooled, and they are in the Olympics. Fencing competition, uh, which accepts homeschoolers' feet into the national and international competition. Archery competitions uh, go into the national and international competitions. We have those there. Uh, homeschool students can compete in all congressional contests such as art and writing. Homeschoolers compete in science fairs, geography bees, spelling bees, and NASA competitions. Private schools, by extension, homeschool students are not allowed to compete for the general rodeo scholarships. That's something that I would love to talk with the HR, uh, with the rodeo organizations because their scholarships are not available to homeschoolers, even though homeschoolers almost by definition come from one income families. Wow, I'm glad you mentioned that because I happen to know somebody that's uh, with the rodeo that I may be able to talk to about that. I didn't realize that, Ju. I didn't realize that, Ju. Yes, the, the scholarships both in Dallas and uh, in Fort Worth uh, and, and in Houston, Fort Worth, San Antonio and Austin, the rodeos, it all goes only to public school children. Dallas, the mayor has a big thing for school supplies, but it's only for public school children. It's not for homeschool uh, or private school children who are, you know, there's a means testing for that, for the go, uh, for the mayor's uh, 
thing where they give backpacks full of supplies, but it, you know, but there are a lot of homeschoolers that could also qualify for that, um, for the with the means testing. So they, you know, people don't. People think if you're homeschooling, you have a lot of money. Uh, by definition, homeschooling means you usually don't because, one, both parents aren't working, and, two, um, it means that, you know, everything that you've got goes into your children. Because if you do need, like we needed help with algebra, you have to pay for it. So um, a lot of parents right now are paying almost private school costs in order to homeschool their children. Wow. So uh, there's there's a but anyway, there uh, just to finish up, I was going to say there's a homeschool world series national basketball tournament, national football con- competitions. They're allowed to uh they do their own competition in golf. We've had several golf people go into the majors that were homeschooled. Uh there's state na- and national speech and debate tournaments and uh there's also a homeschool honor society that was started right there in Houston with 240 chapters. So, you know, homeschoolers did all this because the parents, one, they did it one child at a time. Their one child was not functioning well in public school. They did the school choice to pull that child out. Then all the sports parents got together and did sports. The music parents got together and did music. The theater parents started theater groups all over Texas, you know, and this is just the way it has been. This is the way a free people educates their children. What else did uh, you want to ask, uh, Tommy? Well, I suspect what is going on in Austin behind the scenes is going to be an attempt to require homeschool kids to pass, you know, the STAR or the TAS or, you know, whatever the test of the year is going to be in order to quote-unquote qualify for things like uh, college admissions or, or, you know, any of these other sorts of academic programs that uh, you'd go on to after completing high school. And so what I suspect is part of, you know, the school choice thing, putting the nose of the camel under the tent, is to try and put the Texas Education Agency standards in on all education in Texas. You know, that's just always been a a pipe dream of the bureaucrats. And the struggle is to keep that under local and parental control because every time you get a large government agency involved in something, you know, the standards standards go out the window. Well, we just got an email this morning that's been floating that uh, shows on the uh, Harris County ISD agenda that they are going to be looking at starting a homeschool division to be in compliance with a Texas homeschool division. And so they're already starting infrastructure uh, discussions for how to do this because with the school choice, uh, you know, they're going to be giving parents money, and they're going to be giving parents a lot of money, uh, not enough to actually put them in homes, uh, in public, uh, private schooling, excuse me, uh, because private schooling is, you know, ten to $1,700 a year, and they're only going to be giving these uh, parents 5000 But to some parents, uh, as we found with um, 
the food stamp programs, uh, you give them money, it's not going to what they're supposed to be, which is, you know, taking care of their children. Uh, it'll, it'll go to other items. So there will be, you know, oversight for that money. And uh, they've already talked in the uh, town halls they've been having uh, all of uh, last fall. They will be having accredited homeschool curriculum that you can use. And there will be, uh, you know, you'll be in the system. Your children will then be in the system to uh, for all of the social work, you know, school-to-work kind of things. So, yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty much what it's looking like. And we were really surprised to see that they'd already started a Texas homeschool division and a uh, homeschool division of HCCID. So, or, yeah, Harris County ISD, excuse me, HCID ISD. So, you know, this is, this is um, uh, heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking for me because I understand the conservatives are wanting to help students, you know, get a better education. But once they breach that wall between homeschool or private school and public school, uh, you know, once that's breached, then... It, you know, it's, it's we will all be under the government. And what, what amazed me was that the uh, Texas Private School Association and Texas uh, Charter School Association were both uh, participating in, in this school choice thing. So that, is, that was just amazing to me. I understand people need money, uh, that the schools are needing money because so many families can't afford private school right now with the way the economy has been. And even so, in Texas, it's been better than other states. But I do not understand being willing to sell your, your children into this into being underneath the school, underneath the state, because once school choice is in, enacted, there will be no school choice. You will be under the state-mandated curriculum. You will be under whatever the state tells you your child has to um, achieve, whether you know they have trouble with testing or whether they need uh, special adaptions of how they are taught. You know, you have to teach them. Uh, the way the state says so. Wow. Not good. Not good. Well, I, I think, it, yeah. well, again, how, how they play with the money. So if we look at things from the perspective of the legislature, they look at they're spending $10,000 per student per year, taxpayer money, as they see it. That's a boatload of money. Per year. Yeah, and you know, if we look at private school, okay, that's somewhere between ten and seventeen thousand per year, uh, as a rule. You know, from my point of view, because I look at things from a business perspective, you know, the cost ought to be around five thousand per student per year. And if you think of a a classroom of twenty kids, five thousand per that's a hundred thousand dollars per year. Well, you know, you can rent a room, you know, you can hire the services of a competent individual to teach and run in some computers and internet connection, you know, for a hundred thousand a year very easily.
The problem is that right now they're taking that money out of your pocket and spending it the way they want to spend it, whether you choose to homeschool or not. You don't even get an option on how you spend that money. And for most of us, like I mentioned earlier, it's working, uh, you know, 12, 14, 16-hour days, both mom and dad, and uh, school has just become a babysitting option. They don't have the money uh, to do that. How do you solve that problem? Well, I think what where the legislature is trying to go is that okay, they'll give parents vouchers for five thousand, six thousand, therefore quote saving the state money unquote, and of course that puts those parents tempted to either all right, I either keep my kid in the public school, or I get part of the cost of private school paid for, you know, and, and give those parents a couple of difficult choices which will end up with looking like we've done something to solve a problem while at the same time really not doing anything. Well, we've created another problem in that uh, and there will be all a bureaucracy the private schools will be under. Yeah. Right. And so we'll this is you know, what my fear of, uh, of, yeah, of where it's going is, is that it's just like with every Republican rhino type of plan, it's to look like we're doing something while the situation gets worse. Yeah. Well, again, you know, the I haven't looked at the national uh, school choice uh, program. I have been concerned mainly with the uh, breaching of this wall between public and private in Texas. The uh, In a lot of other states, they control the private schools. They do. But we haven't done that in Texas because, you know, in Texas we're supposed to be free. Uh, and we're just seeing that this will, will be taking over uh, the private school. Uh, and, and, yes, I, I feel for those parents. I was, uh, you know, my when we moved to Houston, my child was uh, in HISD in the sixth ward. And, you know, education was important. And we... Uh, moved to the great uh, sci-fair area for the best school, and it wasn't <laughs> because school is school. But, um, you know, they just, it needs to be, schools, public school needs to be improved so that we have a citizenry that can work. That's what it's for, so that people can get a job, and they haven't, they've been failing on that for a long time. They don't have a lot of the vocational uh, activities in, in high school anymore that they used to have. They don't, you know, and uh, it, it, it's, there's just so much that needs to be done. But how do you change it? I, I don't understand how Texas can give all their money to the districts and not have any accountability as to how it's spent. There isn't any accountability, in, you know. Well, we've got to do something about this. And I guess right now the thing to do is call your uh, state legislators and tell them what you think. But it looks to me like the school choice issue is a done deal. And I think that uh, we need to beat on this some more. Uh, we mentioned testing, and I don't have time to go in that, into that today. A lot of people don't like testing, but testing is essential. I think it's the question is what are you teaching and what are you testing on uh, that needs to be asked. But if you take nothing away from this hour of discussion, guys, what you have to take away from is that homeschool is an option in spite of how much money the state is taking away from you.
and you can pay now or you can pay later. And I'm encouraging you to pay now. It's going to cost you a little something, but if you educate your children properly now, you're going to get dividends back from that when they uh, enter public life and, and have to take care of themselves. If you fail to do that, it's going to come back with interest payments that you may not be able to make. And I don't want to see that happen to anybody. Uh, Jube Dankworth, I want to thank you uh, for, for contributing today. TexasHomeEducators.org. TexasHomeEducators.org is how you can contact her. And, of course, Tommy Attaway, uh, thank you for being a part of this, too. I really appreciate it. And you should read Tommy's book. If you haven't read it yet, you need to get We Defy and the sequel, Independence. And because uh, there's some a few answers in there to the school situation too. Good, I'd like well, to read that. A, yeah, that's the issue with that somebody with a philosophy degree. We're interested in almost everything. <laughs> there you go. I completely agree. But I want to thank you both for being part of the Doc Green Show today. And uh, wouldn't hurt if you gave Dan Patrick a call and just told him what you thought anyway. We're going to be right back here in a little bit. Uh, we're going to have Babette Holder from Chicago. We're going to talk politics and uh, be right back on the Doc Green Show. Thanks, guys. instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do it now. I'm Gary Wilcox with Pet Floors of Houston. We specialize in luxury vinyl tile installations for your home or your office. We sell a high-performance floor that is perfect for anyone who has dogs or cats or is trying to get a floor that just looks beautiful without nearly the maintenance that other floors have. It's a heavy-duty commercial PVC product. It looks like wood or stone or tile. This is a floor choice that you find major retailers have in their stores or intimate cafe or even your fast food restaurants. The adhesive that we use is waterproof. The product is waterproof and so therefore you can use a bleach water solution, clean it right up and you're back to normal. It doesn't hold any odor, it's realistic, it's hygienic, it's affordable and there's no click 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 noise on it when you walk on this floor. It's just amazing. We've been in this house for about eight years, and we've had some hardwood floors down. And it was really one of those things where they were looking worn and needed to be refinished, and we were really looking for an alternative. And we found Gary with pet floors, and he came out and measured. And the measurement process went very easily, and when it came installation time, they came out here, did a fine job. The installers were great. The service has been great ever since. I love my new floors. They're great, extremely durable, and they just look beautiful. From a cleaning standpoint, from an overall care standpoint, you don't even have to think about what you're doing. It's, it's, there's no special care. It's, it's really nice. We actually have a 
mobile showroom so I can come out to your home or office at a time that's convenient for you and I can show you the samples that would look right in your home. I can even help you make decisions and coach you through this. It's not like I've done this one or two times, but I've done it many, many times. So give me a phone call and I'm happy to come out there. I do estimates for you right there on the spot and it's all free of charge. Pet Floor of Houston. PetFloor.com you just defended yourself with a gun. There were multiple assailants and you were really concerned about your legal jeopardy and the resulting media coverage. Was deadly force justified? In your town, the politics of self-defense is not favorable, but at least you're alive and your family is protected. Fortunately, you have Self-Defense Fund, a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more. Up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney cost per member. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, Anytime. The doctor is in. And we're back. And I've also got on the newsmaker line none other than Miss Babette Holder uh, from Chicago. How are you? Hey, Doc, I'm doing great. Um, how are you guys today out there? It's cold, chilly, and a little gloomy out here in Illinois. Well, I don't want to tell you about the uh, 75 balmy degrees that I've got outside with a five-mile-an-hour uh, breeze. So we won't even dwell yeah, on that. Yeah, you could have kept that to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So um, anyway, there's a lot going on. We, we just spent the first hour talking about the fact they're trying to get school choice here in Texas, but – what we're worried about, the way it really looks, is school choice in Texas is going to result in uh, then uh, the Texas government having authority over what you teach in homeschool, and uh, that's not going to be a good deal. But what I really wanted to talk to you about, uh, Babette, is uh, you as a conservative Republican, a GOP committee woman, uh, and what, what do you think about what's going on in Washington? What are your thoughts? We're in day two of Donald Trump land. You know, it's funny because uh, I woke up this morning to hear that he had signed an executive order regarding the um, pipeline, the yes. Keystone and Dakota. And my first thought was, that's the Trump for you, because that's the swift move that a decisive businessman would make. That's exactly how they would go about, which is how you are a successful person. He's wasting no time. He's really getting after it. It's extremely impressive. Uh, he said that uh, he's going to curtail all unnecessary environmental regulations, and he's sick and tired of uh, these, uh, uh, in many cases, communist sympathizer activists that are uh, stopping progress from going on here in the United States. And he is just the man to do something about it. I don't know about you. I, I still got this kind of permanent smile on my face, Babette. Yes, I do too. And it's a bit unsurreal. You know, my group in Illinois, Frederick Douglass Foundation, on Friday, we held an inaugural coffee and bagel breakfast. And of course, one member brought champagne. Thank you for thinking ahead. <laughs> uh, David did. And we actually had a news crew come out because I guess they wanted to know who are these black Republicans in Illinois celebrating yeah. an inauguration of Donald Trump. I didn't think there were any <laughs> black Republicans in Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you, you know, that's one of the 
the greatest legacies I believe that Barack Obama left us was the fact, you know, I forgot to mention this, that he he brought out of the closet the black Republicans. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been out of the closet for years. No one told, sent me the memo that said, hey, hey, we're supposed to lay low. Ooh-wee, you're going to be on your own out there. You know, I didn't get that memo, Doc, as you know. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't think so. And once again, for the listeners out there, we're talking with Babette Holder. She's from Chicago. And, yes, she is actually Eric Holder's cousin. Um, so, um, but you told me, I think that you're the only conservative in the family. As far as I know, I spoke with an uncle who said he's an independent in Illinois. When you say you're independent, you just go ahead and take that pawn piece and move it to the left. Nope. I said pawn. (laughs) Exactly. We don't really have any, but other than that, I know pretty sure that I am the only conservative in that family. I believe at one point in time, I have 52 cousins around my generation. So that's a lot of cousins to, you know, scrap with. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed it is. And of course, we hope you're going to convert some more of those. You know, it's, that's saying that you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but they, you know, those that are on social media and are on my social media pages and sites, they see it. And I hope it's really making many of them think about, you know, what they're out there supporting and advocating for. And I actually have seen some of my cousins call out the garbage you know, and the junk that they're seeing. My The elders of the family, and that's what we call our uncles and our aunts and all those who are before us, um, they're more of, what, what is that term, Doc, that people say? They're more of the blue dog Democrats. Yes. More Many are Kennedy-crats. I say Kennedy-crats. Um, I think out of habit. They're going to push that D out of conformity in their neighborhoods and community. But I wish they wouldn't, knowing that they don't agree with a lot of those platform issues and stances. Well, the uh, I think now is the time. And I, I don't know. It remains to be seen by that. But what I think I'm going to see out of this is there are a lot of people out there that have for years been staunch Democrats and they are going to benefit greatly from some of the things that Barack, or excuse me, Barack, I'm so used to calling him out, uh, that uh, Donald Trump is going to do. And I think it may change their mind. It may actually cause them to examine how they've been voting for all of these years and, uh, and examine what they were told by their leadership. Well, you know, it was like Reagan. Reagan, you know, they're still the group. Reagan, Democrats. Um, it was like Reagan unifying and they could see the changes and what's brought about. Uh, talking to get to the nitty gritty of it, why do they still call themselves Democrats? Many people wonder. And when I've spoken to some of those folks myself, their main thing is they say the Republicans do not talk about or advocate or stand on social issues. I have to explain to them many times, yeah, we do. We do a lot of social issues. The difference is it is not the narrative, per se, and, and we dissect it and segregate it from the economics. Because we, we understand 
social issues can be the most costly. So when they hear we're talking about flashing and so forth, they don't listen to the rest of the ideas that we have to make sure that we have a system in place. Like we know this now with the ACA um, repeal or eradicate. I personally wanted to eradicate it um, and work over with the insurance industry. But all they hear is slash. They don't listen to the actual issue and the whole plan we have in place for it. So um, I agree, though, Doc. Maybe some will say, you know, I met a gentleman last week. He's just done with the Democrat Party. Done. <laughs> that eight years was eight. It was like 80 years to him, he told me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm hoping for more more of, Babette. We're talking with Babette Holder out of Chicago. She is a... Uh, an activist up there, and uh, what? A, let me ask you this: uh, Of course, the Supreme Court justice thing is about to come up, and they're looking at nominating this guy out of Chicago, and it's looking like he may be a very strong conservative. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Babette Holder? You know, I gotta be honest, Doc. I just briefly heard about it because I've been watching them on C-SPAN right now talk about some pro-life legislation, um, but I did hear about him. There was one issue a, a friend of mine brought up, and they said that he um, heard a case with a transgender being fired from his job. And of course, the ruling came in favor of the transgender, but I said to him, according to the law and employment rules and regulations, this judge was absolutely right on his ruling. And it was basically because the transgender applied for the job as a man, got hired, came to work as a female. Yeah, and but of course that was free. But it had nothing to do with a bathroom, a locker room, or even just something that's a men-only type of employment because, you know, we have federal laws about that anyway. So, well, um, But the company had turned around and fired this person. And this was one of his hearings. So it was some actually, conservatives are concerned with that. <laughs> it was actually a government job that that guy uh, applied for as a man and then showed up as a woman. So that's why they had the, the issue. Uh, of course, just between you and me, I think uh, any time you've got somebody that is mentally ill uh, and, and is doing something like that, uh, it would probably be a good idea, idea to fire them. But that uh, particular case was that Alabama judge. Uh, the, the judge that I'm talking about, and I'm trying to remember his name, is out of Colorado, different judge, and they think that he'll do better because they really thought that they might hold that uh, ruling against the Alabama judge. Yeah, and they might do that, but... Um, we'll just have to wait and see what some of these, you know, with the more detailed on these nominees for that, that's for sure. I just know for a fact that, that I'm happy that Trump is coming in and just getting go, get going, but with a quick stalling on the rest of his cabinet so that we really can get to work completely. Well, we got to do that, and they've they've been holding this up. It's taking way longer than it should. At least we finally got a new head of the C of the CIA, which I think is kind of an important uh, post. Um, and so we're we're going to see. Uh, yeah, it was Judge Pryor. That was the one that uh, we we were just discussing. And I'm still uh, trying to remember the name of the the uh, other judge. 
from Colorado. But uh, let's take a look at the executive orders so far. Has uh, Donald Trump put forth any executive orders that you personally found offensive? None that I've found offensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it's actually I refreshing am. when you look at an, an EO and you think to yourself, yes, where just a few weeks ago we were all holding our breath, hoping there wasn't another EO or, you know, some commuting synthesis from some of the most dangerous back onto the street. Yeah, uh, Frank chimed in and said, I find keeping Comey at the FBI offensive. Well, I think that Comey should have been fired, me personally, because he flip-flopped too much. He couldn't decide where he was going to come down on this deal, and and I think that that proves he was not qualified to be the head of the FBI. But you can't do everything on the same day. And it looks to me no, like Donald can't. Trump— and there may be reasons that Comey flip-flopped. You know, if people are silently and quietly threatened behind the scenes, you know, they're trying to do one thing, and then you get that little phone call, and you go in that little private meeting door, and you come back out, and, you, you know, you, you were directly, or we don't know. We don't know. I'm hoping that Trump, you know, and, and his administration looks into that and can get to the root of all of that and maybe he does need to be fired you know maybe he just needs to be released of his duties for that well that's that's what i would like to see i i think it would just make the most sense but once again you can't do it all on day one donald trump in my opinion has done more good for america since he was elected some two months ago and he's only been in power now you know actually in the in the big big chair he's only been there now this is uh, halfway through day two and and look at all the good this guy's done oh exactly i remember too on inaugural day i was you know checking social media stuff and on twitter the United States, um, one of the manufacturing organizations, big one, they sent out a tweet and it said, we're ready to get to work with you, President Trump. And and if you read a little more, I'm just going to, you know, put it in, in a generalization. They spoke about looking forward to creating jobs and in the USA. And I thought, that is so refreshing. I couldn't stop grinning when I saw that tweet because there are people, no matter what mainstream media tries to tell you, there are manufacturing and production, and it's just they're ready. They're ready to go to work and, and create those jobs and make it possible for quality employment for people in the USA. This is so refreshing because – the, one of the one of my big problems is that we don't make anything in the in the United States anymore. And somebody brought out uh, that his child was looking at something that, at the breakfast table and said, "Why does this say made in China on it?" And I defy you to find anything that's not made in China pretty much these days. I mean, everything is made in China, and China is not our friend. Uh, yeah, I'm sitting here looking at my Sony Walkman, a Japanese company. It says made in China. My Tascam device, um, made in China. Everything is made in freaking China. China is not our friend. I've got a friend that is a, uh, uh, he's a government contractor, 
uh, former Army, former Navy, and he said that we're told when we were over in Afghanistan most recently, uh, you cannot bring anyone from China, and no Chinese nationals are allowed on the post because uh, China is considered an enemy of the United States. What, what the heck are we doing, Babette? What we were doing is because of all these leftists, and of course they're, they're progressive, socialistic, so, hey, they love doing business with, with uh, nations like that. Yeah, we're giving them bonding. We're supporting their nation and their citizens. We're sending companies over there. We're, we're having our stuff manufactured and made over there. I, you know, I won't name the retailer. I work for a retailer, uh, seasonal sometimes. And I go in there, and I work in a division that has all the clothing and shoes and so forth, and um, made in China. And some of the stuff, too, from some of their their vendors that we sell the products. And we had some shoes one year. I, I tell you, Doc, they look like something you would wear. I'm not even going to say China. I would say in North Korea prison camp. Huh. These were atrocious. They were cheaply made, horrible shoes. They had cheap price on them on top of it. For this retailer, I'm going to be honest, this was just really low, a low product for them to carry. And yet I noticed people from other nations in that population in the area were snapping these shoes up, Doc, as if they were the U.S. made LL, you know, I don't wow. think LL Bean, I'm not sure where they make their shoes, and I'm not targeting them. I'm just going to say I China. know they have a better quality <laughs> shoe product, but they were snapping these up, and, and me and my coworkers were like, those are awful. And a coworker even said to me, she goes, that looks like something you would hand out in the prison. <laughs> but, you know, cheap, you know, dumb need to last an average citizen out walking and walking every day. And I said, this is what we have digressed to. I'm sure there's better shoemakers here in the U.S. that can do a quality product that isn't expensive, but this is what we're selling to the general public. Well, along that line, there's a a little uh, store that opened up down the street from my house here in Houston, and they're selling Mexican-made boots. And I went in and I looked at it, and the the boots, the top half of the boot didn't look bad. But I flipped it over, and these things got hobnails sticking out of them. I said, God help the guy that will put those boots on and walk on somebody's nice wood floor. It would totally destroy the floor. And I said, I can't believe they're going to try to sell this garbage. Uh, But he's still there. And apparently somebody's buying it. I don't know. I guess you can wear those boots if you're going to go out and punch some cows, you know, be a cowboy. But uh, you sure couldn't wear them in any sort of a civilized room. But I'm I'm looking forward to seeing American manufacturing spring up again. And I loved it. I don't know if you heard about it, but Foxconn, one of the largest uh, electronics manufacturers, once again, is is building another factory here. Uh, and it's breaking out all over. And... Donald Trump's been president for two, well, one and a half days. One and a half days. Exactly. And that's my point. And people, as we said, as I said last week with you on your show, people are getting phone calls in, in, in Illinois. Um, companies are having a little more confidence and they are getting phone calls for job interviews. I had a friend who told me her husband just got a job and it's been three years. 
a good quality job, a full-time position. He doesn't have to work two part-time jobs now. And I'm hoping that that continues and carries forth and that people can see that. You know, we got problems as it is in Illinois. You know, many well, people, yeah. it's easier to work for someone else in Illinois than to be an entrepreneur or to own a small business. And we're still sitting here without a clear and, and sound budget, and we still have a pension crisis that going on. But, uh, Babette, is that because there are so many regulations that it makes it really difficult for somebody to become an entrepreneur and start a new business in, it in Illinois? It, regulations, taxes, um, it's, it, and then depending on where you want to put that business, the unions against you or the little dirty deeds from the legislators and politics and the little under the table cut or the fact that you're not in their club mm-hmm. and that they will give a tax break for let's say a little commercial front even if you open a franchise a little coffee shop that's part of a franchise it's not starbucks or one of those companies but there's all kinds of little companies that Madigan and and his little power over all that, you won't get the same little tax break with your your business in that area. There's so much against someone being an independent business owner within the city of Chicago and Cook County alone, let alone the state of Illinois. Well, and then, of course, uh, sadly, uh, we also have a violence problem in uh, Chicago. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of gang activity up there. Sinaloa Drug Cartel pretty much owns uh, the south side of Chicago, uh, from what I can tell. And the police seem to be powerless to really do anything about it. So there are lots of reasons why somebody wouldn't want to just go downtown and, and open up a coffee shop like you just mentioned, because they don't want to be killed. Well, you can go downtown. The downtown, Chicago has, the city of Chicago, I'm literally talking about the city of Chicago, because do, people do think Chicago, and they think it's the whole state, although they cost the state quite a bit. So I can, you know, I get that too. But in the city of Chicago, it's huge. It's laid out on the grid. It's easy to navigate because of that but we have our loop and financial district and then there's the you know business area there's a lot of different little areas that people refer to like lincoln park and so forth there's great areas that you can be in in this actual city where you don't have to worry about your business so much being affected except for those regulations and the burdensome taxes and so and even just the red tape to run the business and unions. Now, with any other Chicago's unique itself though, depending on how far out on the outskirts and edge you go to those areas, you could turn a neighborhood and you got housing projects right behind you. I mean turn a corner, you know, and yeah. there's housing projects right there. And yeah, you will had some gang issues coming in. There was an excellent article today, um, Doc, I wanted to mention um, for your listeners, too, if they really want um, to read about neighborhood by neighborhood, check out DNA Info Chicago um, on the Internet. It's easy to look at. There's a gentleman who's writing, because today they had a vigil at City Hall and protest the mayor, Rahm Emanuel, is who we're talking about, Mayor of Chicago, because they're tired of the gang violence in Brighton Park. 
Brighton Park is another area. It's on the southwest side, so over near the south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And it's become outrageous. A young mother was just recently killed over there. Wow. And so, you know, today they're they're having a protest, and they're saying free the funds, I believe, is their hashtag. Yeah. They want the mayor them to fund the initiatives and programs that he slashed. They cut their budget in half. And they no longer have, like, the after-school programs, the job programs, the leadership programs over there, and all sorts of programs, in other words, to keep these young folks off the streets, whether they're teenagers, 10-year-olds, and with school closings and so forth. And what they're saying is they've seen their crime increase significantly over there. Well, I'm just reading an article right here, right now on DNA Info, and it says uh, two far northwest businesses were robbed at gunpoint uh, Sunday and Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then this article is called Brighton Park Gang Violence. This is a crisis by Ed Comenda. I mean, and he really gives you the breakdown. It's, it's, not, it's not that they may, he writes it so much on the political side, but on the issue, and part of the issue, though, is in those areas, you know, I'm, I'm going to add and say this. I, this is my own opinion. It's not in this his article that I'm mentioning. But they're aldermen and ward bosses and their city council members, representatives, which, by the way, those city council members in Chicago, high-paid positions, high. Um, yeah. Some of them are talking $100,000 a year. Most of these areas, their representatives aren't coming from the Republican Party. And, of course, we know that Ron Emanuel, their mayor-elect, is, is Democrat. And yet they're constantly in the past years taking money and funding, and they're not thinking of these citizens in Chicago, the legal citizens, they're worried more about dreamers. Yeah, and uh, that's uh, the other part of the problem. And when I, I like to talk about dreamers. You see, I have 10 grandchildren, and they're all dreamers. They dream of growing up in a free country where they're allowed to defend themselves as God seen fit for them to do, and that they have the opportunity to either start their own business or go to work for a company. Uh, what about the dreams of my grandchildren? Do they do they not at least deserve equal consideration to the people that broke into this country? Uh, your thoughts, Bad Bad Holder? Well, your grandchildren are supposed to now, those dreamers' dreams are supposed to be their dreams and concerns first. That's their priority. They can't have their own independent dreams on their future and their, you know, success and pursuit of happiness because we are all supposed to right now concentrate on the happiness of others. And let me say something else with this, because you know, Doc, you just, you, you triggered me. You know, that, that triggering <laughs> thing. They Uh-oh. all, now yeah, up. yeah, I just got triggered here. <laughs> with this, this dreamers, I am so sick and tired of that argument of, well, if, if you take their parents and send them back, you're splitting up the families and the, and this is the problem. Oh, yeah. it's, it's the trap. Yet they don't want us to talk about, baby, you don't use the term anchor baby, okay? Okay, so I'm going to say, and by the way, babies never apply to that that rhetoric and that side of the aisle, political aisle. Anyway, so 
So let's just go ahead and call them anger, I don't know what, it, it developed and got to be born fetuses? No. Because see, I'll hit there. I'll go there. Oh, yeah. The child will come out in me. Do, guys, don't but start with that. But the longer we let them continue that process, the easier it is. No one wants to split up a family. You know, you know, Doc. You know that. None yeah. of us like that thought. No, Bob, I'm pro life all the way. My problem is you're going to have to wait in line. And funding should not be a main priority to you at this time. When we have our own citizens here starving, fighting gangs, well, you know, ducking gangs, let's put it that way, to survive, and going to poor schools for education. Ooh, Dawson, I heard your school choice talk later. We might have to get into this next week. There wow. is an incredible article. I want you to have a chance in your in your listeners, and you have a broad listening audience. I got tweets last week from folks that heard you on Dot Green Show. I was like, <laughs> you were listening? <laughs> right. There is a school in Chicago area, a well-known school, and they have some of the most progressive socialistic programs on the lineup. I'm going to send it to you, Doc. Oh, yeah, please do. We might have to do. get out of part next week. Please do. And, uh, of course, I love having you on, Babette, because uh, you're very interesting. And uh, we need I'm, – I'm trying to get more black conservatives out there to not be afraid to speak out. Uh, you've been doing it for some time, uh, and I admire your fearlessness. But we've got, to, we've got to get more people on board. We've got to move America forward. And I, I, I am, agree. I'm worried about right even here in Texas. I mean, I, I recall going to a black businessmen's meeting and our uh, governor was speaking at that meeting and they said, well, what can we do to get more uh, jobs in the black community for our young men? And he said, vote for me. Well, they voted for him. He is now the uh, governor of Texas, but uh, we haven't brought any more jobs into the black community. And we've got to fix this problem by that holder. Well, we, they have to let us in. That's that's another thing. They don't want to let us in. You know, you can come on the fringe. You can maybe, if you get lucky, have a little say-so from the audience of one of their, you know, meetings and conferences or summits and rallies. But they don't want to. That's the hardest part, at least I can say here in Chicago, in Illinois, is even letting us in the doorway. Um, and if you you got to have friends and you got to know some of the leaders in Chicago like I do over there and pastors who I'm actually really working to make a change within those communities just to even get started over there. Here, here. Well, Babette, thank you for coming in on the show today. I got to hit this break and we'll be right back. Babette Holder, guys, friend her on Facebook and uh, stay stay in touch with her. She's good. Thanks, Beth. Thank you. The amazing Doc Green Show is on the air. Deja Smoke Depot wishes you well. Locally owned and operated, we have all sorts of tobacco products. Come take advantage of our sale on vapor products up to 50% off. Thanks for listening to us on the Dot Green Show on ABRN, RER, Facebook, or YouTube. 
We are located at 1639 West Highway 290 in Fredericksburg. Like us on Facebook, Tejas Smoke Depot in Fredericksburg, Texas. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beatty did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beatty set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BD, AC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E, AC and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. You just defended yourself with a gun. There were multiple assailants, and you were really concerned about your legal jeopardy and the resulting media coverage. Was deadly force justified? In your town, the politics of self-defense is not favorable, but at least you're alive and your family is protected. Fortunately, you have Self-Defense Fund, a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more, up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney cost per member. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, Anytime. Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements, along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do it now. The doctor is in. The doctor is in. Here's some news you didn't get to hear anywhere else. This story by Jessica Chasmar uh, from the Washington Times. Uh, anyway, it seems that uh, Kellyanne Conway the uh, woman who actually uh, ran the campaign that got Donald Trump to the presidency, broke up a fight. Yeah, she broke up a fight. 
there are uh, two guys, both wearing tuxedos, at uh, one of the inaugural balls on Friday night. And uh, according to uh, Charlie Gasparino, and uh, he said on Facebook, the alleged encounter at the invite-only Liberty Ball took place just hours after uh, President Trump was sworn in. He said, so here I am inside the ball, and there's these two guys in Texas, and out of nowhere they start punching each other out. Uh, meanwhile, Kelly Con Kellyanne Conway saw it, and uh, so she got in the middle of it and threw a couple of mean punches herself, said Charlie Gasparino. So the whole thing only lasted a few minutes. Nobody got hurt, really, except for maybe the dude she smacked. He said, now I know why Donald Trump hired her. He said, by the way, I exaggerate none of this. <laughs> so uh, another ball attendee told the New York Daily News that Ms. Conway, who also serves as his senior counselor, stepped between the two men after they started fighting, and uh, she punched one of the men in the face with closed fist at least three times before they finally separated. And uh, Charlie Gasparino said it wasn't the only trouble he ran into at the ball. He said that he and actor Scott Bayo were also accosted outside the event by a bunch of anarchist thugs who asked Scott Bayo if he was a fascist. Like these people would even know what, fa what the word fascist means. Uh, <laughs> like I say, guys, news you can only get here on the Doc Green Show. But anyway, one made an aggressive move toward us, and I shoved him away, uh, said Charlie. He said, uh, and he said, touch me again, you little prick, and I'll smack you. And I said, my response was, uh, uh, I'm not going to read his response, but it, it, uh, he, he gave a proper response. And he said, that's when my producer, Brian Swartz, intervened, and the crisis was averted. So uh, anyway... Uh, Ms. Conway has not commented on this, and uh, she revealed Monday that she's been assigned Secret Service protection after getting, getting mail that contained, contained a suspicious white powder. Most likely it was talcum powder because, uh, as you know, that's been known to cause cancer in women, and so that's probably why they sent it to her. But anyway, like I say, something that you will not hear uh, just everywhere, guys. And that was from the Washington Times. I try to get all the all the stuff to you. Uh, meanwhile, we were talking about Supreme Court justices earlier. Judge Neil Gorsuch. Don't they make boots? Gorsuch boots or something like that? Um, no, those are Gore-Tex. Right, Judge Neil Gorsuch, Tenth Circuit Court, U.S. Court of Appeals. His chambers are in Denver, Colorado. And uh, he's born in 1967, so he's kind of a kid. Went to Harvard Law School, then clerked for Justices Byron White and Anthony Kennedy. That's uh, sort of a black mark on his record for me. But he went into private practice in Washington before joining the Bush Justice Department. That was before it became the Barack Obama Injustice Department. And his mother is Ann Burford, the first female administrator at the EPA. Gorsuch also wrote a book called The Future of Assisted Suicide and Euthanasia. His name has been rising lately as the uh, likely first Supreme Court justice to be confirmed. So um, there's also a Justice Thomas Hardiman from the Third Circuit Court of Appeals. His chambers are in Pittsburgh. 
And he was born in 1965 when he saw the Supreme Court affirm his 2010 ruling that a jail policy of strip searching all of those arrested does not violate the Fourth Amendment's ban on unreasonable searches and seizures. Hardiman sits on the same court as Donald Trump's sister, Judge Marianne Trump Berry, who, despite family ties, is not being considered for any high court vacancies. So that's interesting. Um, Judge Raymond Kethledge, Sixth Circuit Court, U.S. Court of Appeals, Chambers in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Born in 1966, he also clerked for Anthony Kennedy, was in private practice before joining the appeals court in 2008. But it took more than two years to get the nomination confirmed after Michigan's two Democrat uh, U.S. senators raised objections in a larger fight over judicial nominees. Well, no surprise there. And if these Democrats hated him, I'd probably love the guy. Uh, two other federal appeals court justices touted by their supporters include Diane Sykes out of Wisconsin and Raymond Grinder out of Missouri. All are appointees by George W. Bush, a sign that judicial picks can have far-reaching uh, impacts years, even decades, after a president leaves elected office. Federal judges do serve for life. And seven of the eight current judges all served in the lower federal appeals court. Some state Supreme Court justices on Trump's broader list of 21, sources say federal judges have a proven record of cases from which they can be vetted, and the fact that they have been through congressional confirmation is also an advantage. Donald Trump's outreach with Senate leaders follows Vice President Pence's more low-key meeting with a couple of moderate Democrats last week. Uh, moderate Democrats means that they're, they're just liberals. They're not full-blown communists. Uh, White House officials see Senator Joe Manchin as West Virginia and Joe Donnelly of Indiana as keys to ensuring a filibuster-proof majority to confirm what is sure to be a conservative choice. This is what I hope for, guys. But I got to tell you, Republicans don't have a good track record on picking conservative judges. They don't. Let me give you Justice Roberts, for instance. Justice Roberts, a Bush appointee, now the uh, chief justice. I question that uh, decision greatly. I really think Antonin Scalia or Clarence Thomas should have been the chief justice. But Justice Roberts, he's the guy that looked at uh, Obamacare, otherwise known as the Affordable, the Unaffordable Care Act. Obamacare is a good name for it. He looked at Obamacare, said, geez, what an unmitigated disaster. How am I going to approve this? Oh, I know how I'll do it. I'll say it is a tax. In spite of the fact that all the people that created it swore up and down on their mother's grave that it was not a tax, I Justice John Roberts, I'm going to call it a tax. And by calling it a tax, I could say Congress has the power to tax, therefore it stands. And that way, maybe you guys won't kill my family. So uh, anyway, that's, what, that's how it passed. But the other problem with it was, since it is a tax, according to Justice John Roberts, taxing bills can only originate in one place. That is the House of Representatives. Taxing bills can originate in no other place. And so if this was a tax, since it originated in the Senate, it should have been thrown out whole and complete and said, no, unconstitutional, start over. But that's not what happened, is it? No. So Justice John Roberts 
No, not good. Anthony, Anthony Kennedy, another guy that was appointed by Reagan, thought that uh, thought he would be a good conservative on the court, and he's turned out to not be a conservative at all. He votes liberal most of the time. I don't know that it's a good thing to have lifetime appointments for these uh, Supreme Court justices. But now, I am sincerely hoping that Donald Trump, a man who, while not really a conservative, is more conservative than any of the Republican leadership, and that's what they hate, I'm really counting on him to do something that even Reagan could not do, and that is to get some real conservatives on the court. I'm counting on Donald Trump for three conservative judicial appointments. And that's important. Now, if you replace Judge Antonin Scalia with a solid, hardcore conservative, nothing has changed. The Supreme Court is then restored to what it was. But you take uh, um, Ruth Palpatine Ginsburg, and you replace her with a solid conservative judge, now you're doing something. That would make a difference. That's where the change gets made, and that's why that's what I would personally like to see on the court. Well, you're absolutely right, Frank. We don't need a conservative on the court. We need constitutionalists. Well, that's why I like Judge Gorsuch, because he is listed as an originalist. He believes in interpreting interpreting the interpreting is not a word. He believes in interpreting the Constitution. As an originalist, looking at what it meant when it came out. The point is, we've got to have some good justices appointed, and who is going to do that? Yeah. <laughs> 
all the way to heaven on a groove like that you could i'm telling you hey good to see bad bad holder in the chat room as well and glad to have you join us in there and steve malloy good to see you in there so uh steve malloy had applied to rer for an internship i don't know if he's gotten that back yet uh, i don't know if claver's listening claver if you are make sure you get back with steve malloy so anyway the doc green show will continue uh, we've got a problem here in Texas with the death penalty. We do, and it, it's a serious death penalty issue. And I don't know how we're going to solve it, but uh, State Rep. De- David Dutton, he's he's working on it. He's there trying to, excuse me, Harold Dutton, he's trying to solve the problem. And uh, I want to go over some of the problems with you with the death penalty here in Texas. What are we actually dealing with? Uh, well, here's the first part of the problem. We're going to carry out two executions this coming week. That's going to bring the total executions to uh, here in Texas to drum roll, please. Three. Now you got to ask yourself, what the hell? Three? Dude, we should be doing three an hour. We should be doing three an hour. Anyway, Harold Dutton up there, he thinks it's just terrible that we're killing all these killers. Yeah, he said borrowing any last-minute reprieves is going to be two of them coming this week. His law office is uh, two stories above Main Street over there in uh, Midtown in the uh, Dallas area. Uh, he said one morning in 2002, he was drinking a cup of coffee and reading his daily paper and it talked about an execution that had taken place. And it said that it did in the name of Texas, and I thought, oh, my. So they did it in my name. That idea really bothered him, and I really don't want him doing that in my name. He'd already tried to stop new death sentences in Texas. Interesting states like Illinois take similar steps. 
Harold Dutton would like uh, Texas to be more like Chicago, Babette, um, where we have, you know, 50 killings on a weekend. Uh, but uh, Dutton says the way the death penalty works in Texas now, your case is automatically appealed from the lower trial court all the way up to the Court of Criminal Appeals, which is the highest criminal court. And if they deny your appeal, then it goes back to the lower court to set an execution date. Now, I agree with Harold Dutton. That needs to be fixed. There should be no automatic appeals, period. None, 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 no, no, hear me? None, no automatic appeals. If you have a trial with a jury of your peers and they find you guilty of murder and give you the death sentence, that's it. And it's up to you and your criminal defense lawyers if they say, oh, but you didn't look at this evidence. What about this? Uh, we've got uh, we've got clear proof that this guy was actually in Chicago the night that murder happened in Dallas. Oh, well, in a case like that, we need to have a rehearing. Need to go back over it again. Uh, but anything short of that, no. There's no rehearings. There's no additional appeals. It's stupid. So I hope that uh, Representative Dutton's going to get behind that, but... Um, Back in 01, he proposed a bill that would keep the appeals court from sending back any death penalty cases to a lower court for two years. I don't know what this guy is thinking. I seriously don't. He offered up his first bill to abolish the death penalty in 2003. And then uh, he also began to bring former inmates to testify at the Capitol, some that had been sentenced to die but were exonerated after DNA or other evidence proved their innocence. Others that had pled guilty, even though they weren't, in order to avoid a death sentence. Well, as you know, you've watched plenty of movies, so have I. There are no criminals in Texas prisons. There are no killers in Texas prisons. These are all good upstanding, good, good boys, good little boys. They were just uh, taken advantage of by a criminal justice system that hates everybody. Well, if you believe that, I got a little oceanfront property for you in Arizona. Most of these guys are guilty. Sadly, I'm afraid that occasionally, very occasionally, probably 1% of the time, someone dies that should not have gotten the death penalty. I'm certain that that happens once in a great while. But the point is, most of these guys are hardcore, horrible people. There's a, uh, let me go back to this other story right here. Uh, they want to review the legal complexities in a Texas death penalty case where a man killed a five-year-old, a little girl, and her grandmother. Why is that bastard still even alive? And they're going to review the complexities? There's nothing complex about that. Nothing complex about that. Guy killed a five-year-old and her grandmother. Did they deserve to die? We have killings here on a regular basis. It's sad. We just had an incident, and I talked about it yesterday, over in San Antonio, where a guy had taken his wife to the jewelry store at the mall to get their wedding rings cleaned because... He was a husband, a father, and he loved his wife, an ex-Marine. He foolishly went into that jewelry store unarmed. And when the robbers tried to rob the place because he was a Marine, 
and he feared for the life of the other people in there, he stepped up. He ended up dying for doing that. Fortunately, another fellow with a concealed carry license saw the incident and shot the guy that killed the Marine, and they caught the other robber, who also shot two people while he was running away. We can solve a lot of these problems, guys, if we simply get back to an honest-to-God biblical death penalty. And it simply means this. Here in Texas, here in Texas, we go to three shifts. We start killing killers until we have cleared out death row. There should never be more than one person on death row ever. Anyway, God bless you. God bless Texas. I got to get out of here, and I'm going to be back again tomorrow, God willing. So we'll see you then. Thanks, Frank. The amazing Doc Green Show is on the air. Political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit discount gold and silver trading at dgscoins.com. That's dgscoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you are listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Addis, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events. 
Monday, January 24th, 2017. Good afternoon, Al. Hi, Melody. Well, there's been a little bit of pressure on gold today. Um, had a high of 12.18 and a low of 12.06, and we're looking at 12.0990. So we'll just say 12.10. Not bad. $1,210 for gold today, down 8.80. Silver, $17.16, down 13 cents. Platinum, both platinum and palladium uh, were higher today. You're looking at platinum right on a thousand up $15, and palladium was $791, up 10 The USDX today is 0.31, higher at 100.29. Crude oil, mm, up 34 at 53.09. Paper markets today, well, they ran big, came off their highs a little bit, up 112 for the Dow. 19,912. The Nasdaq was up 48, 5,600. The S&P was up 14 at 2280. Earnings came out this week. Um, you know, I know McDonald's did yesterday, and there's a lot of Dow Dow Jones components that reported today. Um, I don't know if I have them. Um, we're not. All my clients are in gold and silver, but. Uh, um, I'll see if I don't have some of the big numbers that came out today. 10-year yield, 2.47%, up 0.07. And let's see, euro, 107, down 0.34. Interesting, same amount as the dollar was up, 0.34. Ah, but these markets aren't rigged. These numbers aren't rigged right now. <laughs> I don't know. They may have just missed. They may a couple yeah, of keys yeah, on the yeah. keyboard may have clogged up. Someone was sleeping. Someone went for a coffee break and they didn't get in there. You know, last little type typing in before uh, they took their break. So we did have the U.S. stocks today rose the most in three weeks. You had the S&P index to an all-time high. Um, I wouldn't say Treasuries tumbled, but. Uh, um, but you did have some of the commodities. They did rally a little bit. Aluminum, I think, was up, um, you know, quite a bit today. The Nasdaq also climbed to a record today. Material producers uh, leading gains as copper and aluminum advanced. Housing stocks surged after the largest U.S. builder delivered earnings. And, of course, uh, Donald Trump took steps to advance the construction of the oil pipelines, the Keystone and the Dakota pipelines. Banks jumped as the yield on the 10-year Treasury note climbed back up above 2.5% or 2.45%. Um, we did have sales of previously owned U.S. homes. That declined more than they forecasted in December. Uh, it was still a strong year for 2016. Um uh, in fact, 2016 was the strongest year since 2006. Contract closings fell 2.8%. Uh, median sales price rose 4% from year earlier to 232000 Inventory of available properties fell to $1.65 million. That's the lowest in, in records dating back to 1999. For all of 2016, existing home sales increased. And again, as I mentioned, it's the highest since 2006. 
so, you know, you have housing. You know, they stayed a little bit strong, certainly got a little weaker, uh, particularly uh, after we've seen the, the rise in the 10-year yield and Janet Yellen raising rates. And uh, we'll have to see if it follows through in 2017, but it might, um, you know, with the, you know, with the anticipation of more jobs, solid hiring, maybe some faster wage gains, uh, where we see some improved household finances. Perhaps that will drive demand for the housing market uh, 2017, and maybe the rise in mortgage rates won't have that much of an impact, but certainly there will be a little bit of a hurdle uh, for uh, potential buyers in 2017. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see since we're only 24 days into the new year. And as I mentioned earlier, um, Trump took uh, steps to advance the construction of the Keystone XL and the Dakota Access oil pipelines um, while foreshadowing a renegotiation of terms and insisting that developers use U.S. steel. He did uh, Trump stop short, though, of greenlighting the construction on either project and reiterated an earlier campaign, campaign pledge to seek a better deal on the train on the trans. Canada core proposed pipelines. Um, he says they're going to renegotiate some of the terms, and if they like, we'll see if we can get that pipeline built. He says if we're going to build pipelines in the United States, the pipes should be made in the United States. Now, I believe that the, the project, um, the U.S. was scheduled to do, I believe, half of the pipe provide steel for half of the pipelines. Um, and who was going to provide the other half? Um, a quarter of it was to be supplied by Canada, uh, and then you also had Italy and India providing the rest. So about half the project was set to be built with steel fabricated in the U.S., but this goes back to, I think, 2012 breakdown from TransCanada. Uh, of an earlier version of the project. So, you know, this is just going back to then. We're, that's, that's a long time ago in, in today's world. Um, actually, the Keystone Pipeline is really a small portion of what uh, much of the pipeline of this whole system has already been laid. Keystone is the final leg of the journey, so to speak, or the final leg of the pipeline. And um, so... Um, so, you know, it, it sounds like, a, you know, everything is green lighting for the construction, but yet nothing has been done. You know, it's, I don't know if it's in the same spot or actually what he – he took steps to advance the construction. You um, mean Trump did? Trump did, but yet he stopped short of green lighting construction on either project. So he wants to renegotiate, so uh, I'm not sure – what that all means, if they're going to begin some parts of it, or they're just beginning to renegotiate some of the terms, sounds to me like it's still at a standstill, but um, maybe just putting everyone on alert that uh, this is how, um, what he sees happening in the future, in the near future, so... Well, in terms of building part of the pipeline, I mean, the, you're not going to build it all. There's no point to building any of it, you know. Um, you got to finish the final piece. Mm -hmm. If they don't make the connection, guess what? It's 
it's some interesting lawn art, but other than that, it doesn't have much utility. Maybe you can let the bears sleep there in the wintertime or something. But well, I mean, I but um, so you know, we'll see the Dakota Access Pipeline. Um, you know, there, there's some issues that need to be dealt with that. Um, so, but again, you know, there's optimism that things are being talked about. Even if nothing really got done today, it's just a lot of this is what we're going to do, and I'm green lighting so. You know, you guys could start investigating on how we're going to get it done and so forth. Again, it's building morale. He's building enthusiasm. It is very much so. And, you know, it's it's, it's exciting to hear someone say, hey. It's contagious. Yes. Yeah. Very much. I mean, you can, I don't know how it's going to work out, but it's hard to resist the emotional momentum that Trump is generating. It may turn out to be just a farce and it lasts for a month or two, and then it just, just vaporizes. I don't know. But the truth of the matter is it's contagious. He gives you the feeling, hey, <laughs> I mean, it was Obama's slogan, yes, we can, and he didn't do anything. Here's Trump, and he's. I think Trump is going to get things done. If there are things that can be done, I think Trump's going to do them. Uh, we'll see whether the obstacles, some of the obstacles may be too great, but still. I've got two articles on Trump right here, one on well, I just I just saw something here. Um, the things that he did sign it was what we just talked about. The, the it's a memorandum ex- expediting the pipeline. Um, after we just talked about, he also signed a memorandum directing the Secretary of the Army to review and improve in an expedited manner the Dakota Access Pipeline. Um, a memorandum requiring the Secretary of Commerce to come up with a plan to mandate American-made steel for the all-new expanded and retrofitted pipelines, a memorandum to all federal agencies to review manufacturing regulations. The Secretary of Commerce is required to seek input from the public on how to streamline those rules for 60 days with a report to Trump containing proposal 60 days after that, and an executive order fast-tracking approval for high-priority infrastructure projects under Trump's order, and a governor or cabinet secretary Jerry can ask for a project to be designated as high priority if the chairman of the White House Council on Environmental Quality approves. The project will go to the front of the line for any agency required to review and approve the project. This is expediting of environmental reviews and approvals for high priority infrastructure projects, Trump said. We can't be in an environmental process for 15 years if a bridge is falling down. So that's what he did today. You know, it's kind of interesting. It's not just interesting. It's fascinating. It's it's extraordinary. It's astounding in a sense. The change in temperament that I feel and see, and at least some people, a lot of people, I don't know if everybody does. I won't argue that everybody does. But since Obama left and Trump is, it's like the world has changed. And not a little bit, a lot. It's not as if we got more of the same or whatever. And it makes you wonder. Trump, one way or the other, for a moment, for the moment at least, seems to be able to inspire confidence to say, and he really is saying, yes, we can. And it makes you wonder, where would we be today if Obama hadn't been there for the last eight years? I don't think he inspired confidence anywhere to speak of, certainly not in our productivity, certainly not in our opportunity to become prosperous again. Might have inspired confidence in our ability to collect welfare and live off the sweat of somebody else's work. 
but in terms of getting things done and saying, yeah, yes, we can. Seems to me that well, Trump is capturing have, Obama's motto. He's have, the one who's saying it, doing it, and inspiring people with it. And I'm not defending Obama and then, by any means, but in 2008, we we really did have a different. Um, you know, we we were in pretty severe. You know, it was pretty terrible. Um, now, question is, would Trump have? allowed GM to fail? Would he have allowed AIG to fail? Would he had a, I mean, we won't know, but I will say the first couple years of Obama's, uh, I mean, it was, you know, keeping the system together, and I don't agree with the things that they did to do so, but... but the recovery was just around the corner. But uh, after, after, the they stabilized, after they stabilized everything, yeah, Trump, Obama did nothing. Goffed. Yeah. Goffed. Mm-hmm. I've got two articles on Trump here. One is good Trump and the other one's bad Trump, <laughs> depending on your perspective at least. Here's one on good Trump. Trump tells business leaders that he wants to cut government regulations by 75%, maybe more. This is from CNBC. President Donald Trump told business leaders on Monday that he believes he can cut regulations by 75% or maybe more. We're going to be cutting uh, regulation massively, and it will. But the rules will be just as protective of the people. In the wide-ranging statement, uh, Trump also reiterated campaign promises to cut taxes for businesses, saying that he aims to get the business rate down to anywhere from 15 to 20 percent from the current 35 percent. He also said he wants to reward companies that manufacture in the U.S. and impose border taxes on products that American companies make abroad. Trump also touted his push to massively cut taxes for the middle class. Some independent analyses have concluded that Trump's across-the-board tax proposals will increase the national debt by trillions. But his administration has argued that economic growth will cancel out that effect. I don't know whether I don't know how this is going. He's going to cut. He's going to cut taxes, and he's going to uh, he's going to cut spending. And they say that will result in national debt, and I don't doubt that's true. The question is, if he can pres- if he can create, can he create enough economic growth to cancel out the effect of reducing taxes and reducing spending? Can he create enough national? growth to do that. We'll watch and see. But that's good, Trump. He's here to cut down the regulations. He says he's going to cut government regulations by 75%. He points out in the course of the interview that when he talks to businessmen, they didn't care that much about the tax rate. But they were strangling under the regulations. And they needed, they claimed they need help to get out from under government regulations. And I don't doubt that's true. Government has gone too far. They're trying to regulate everything. Look, you need to get off our backs. We can handle our lives on our own. It might not be perfect, but we can take care of ourselves. Everybody just uses regulations. What regulations? Which regulations? Well, the regulations. Everybody just, oh, the regulations. Wear a cross, whether you can wear a cross on the job. I mean, the, no, they're, you know, in, the they're hitting up their knees trying small, to tell us what we can do. The, the small regulation for mom and pop, it, 
it's not going to affect them. The regulations for the, you know, the, 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 well, you know, the larger. I, I agree. But I what agree are they? That. Everybody just says regulations. Well, well, you got to get approval from 100,000 bureaucrats, and I'm exaggerating, but still, you can't just go out and build a factory. You've got to get approval from a dozen different bureaucracies to make sure that you're not politically correct. A lot of those Stepping are state. On any, a, lot those, a lot of those are state. Well, maybe so. But Trump says he's going to do what he can to get the regulations down. I regard that as a good thing. But here's the bad thing. Trump's pick for uh, Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin says he will increase the size of the IRS. Um, the number of employees in the IRS has fallen 31 percent in the past 19 years. The budget for 2016, IRS budget was $900 million less than it was in 2011. IRS has most recently been attacked by the Republicans who have sought to cut its budget or even terminate the agency. Nugent said, however, that Donald Trump would understand that as we add people to the IRS, we make more money for the government. <laughs> Nugent also discussed his plan for middle tax uh, Middle-class tax cut, as independent analysts say Trump's proposal would most mostly give tax breaks to the wealthy. Mnuchin told CNBC, any reduction we have in upper income taxes will be offset by less deductibles, so that there will be no absolute tax cut for the upper class. Well, in any case, Trump is threatening, the Trump's administration is threatening, on the one hand, they're going to cut regulations, and on the other hand, they are perhaps going to increase income tax enforcement. So you got a little good news and you got a little bad news. You know, it's one of those things you don't know whether to cheer or, uh-oh, uh, I guess it depends on whether you're on good terms with Uncle Sam or taxes from somewhere. And, you know, he's right. You, well, know, you hire. Yes, I know, but someone else, not, not me. People, you know, they're going to go after the people to make sure that everyone who pay taxes pay taxes. Oh, that's so, that's so draconian, Melody. It's so, oh, I know. It's, it's so dictatorial. I think oh. that's Let's take a break for a couple of commercials. Melody and I will be right back oh. on financial survival. Please stay tuned. about your legal jeopardy and the resulting media coverage was deadly force justified in your town the politics of self-defense is not favorable but at least you're alive and your family is protected fortunately you have self-defense fund a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals legal expenses court costs and more up to one million dollars per incident and unlimited attorney cost per member discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself any weapon any state any time since the beginning of the united states Kings have sought it. Nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. 
Closer to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver at 1 800 375 4188. What's next, Melody? Why are you asking me that? I think I you know. should. I don't know. Who I should think I ask? You should Todd, the producer, he doesn't know what's next. You should choose. All right, here's something that happened last night. This is according to Gains and Pains and Capital. And the, and the headline is Something Massive Happened Overnight and No One's Talking About It. Mm-hmm. Interesting headline, and it sounds like hype and the rest of it, but really they may have a point here. Last night, the U.S. dollar index broke below 100. This is a major development. Throughout the second, second half of 2016, the U.S. dollar index was on a rampage, breaking above 100 and staying there for the first time in 14 years. This trend is now reversed in a big way. The U.S. dollar index is down sharply in 2017 so far. In fact, we were up over 103, and we are right at just a little above 100 right now, and it was below 100 earlier uh, earlier today. This is a huge issue, and 99% of Wall Street has missed it. Everywhere I look, and I'm not speaking, this is the, from the author from the Gains and Pains, it says everywhere he looks, he's seen U.S. dollar index bulls crying that the U.S. dollar index is going to 120 within a year. However, those of us who chart the U.S. dollar index predict that the U.S. dollar index could be at 90 within three months. Now, what do you think is more likely, Melody? These are both pretty spectacular predictions. Do you think either one is valid, where they predict a 120 on the U.S. dollar index by the end of this year? Or the other one is saying 90 within three months. I think we'd be closer to 90 than 120. I can't I mean, imagine. The, 120, the reason they're saying 120 is because Yellen is talking about three rate hikes this year. And, you know, the, the theory behind the rate hikes would be a stronger dollar. However, I don't think she's going to do three rate hikes. We know that this administration wants a weaker dollar. They're going to get a weaker dollar. So Which is consistent have, perhaps with a 90 within three months, but even that's hard to believe. Dropping 10 points, 10% in the next 90 days? I don't That's not impossible. I don't But it's not that likely. It isn't likely. Yeah, I would low. I might go 90. I might go to 90 in six months. That might not bother me. 90 days? 
uh, to, for the for the U.S. dollar index fall from 100 to 90. Uh, that's going to be surprising. But if it does, what's going to happen to the price of gold? What do you think, Al? Well, it's going to go up, well, up, and up. All right, it Gold's should do. I mean, if the price, no if the value happens. of the dollar falls by 10% in in 90 days, uh, price of gold, hard to say what's going to happen, but at minimum, it goes up by 10%, which is another $1,200. Gold is. Or, excuse me, another $120, my mistake. $120. But. Uh, Gold is going to go and higher. And probably much more than that. Gold is going to go higher this year regardless of rate hikes, regardless of what the dollar does. But the higher gold goes, you will see pressure on the dollar. And, uh, again, we look, at major, we look at three major rate increases since the 80s. There was three different periods of time where there were rate hikes. Gold has done extremely well yeah. during the rate hike cycle. So we're we're there for gold to go this year. Uh, how long can the market stay this high? Uh, when the numbers begin to trickle in and we begin to see inflation trickle in more so into this country, um, there's only one place gold and silver is going to go, and that's higher. After the quarter of a percent increase in the interest rate in December of 2015, Gold went up 21% the first six months of 2016, and then it lost much of that before the end of the year, but still went up 20, 21% in the first six months. We've gone up almost 5% in the first three and a half weeks of this year. They raised interest rates again in December, a quarter of a percent. Where are we? Now we are up, um, I don't know, do you, think, do you think the increase in the price of gold is, this year is going to match what we saw in the first half of last year, or will it be more subdued? I think we're going to have very active markets in gold and silver. That's not to say it's going to go up forever without any pullbacks. We'll always have pullbacks. But I think we're going to see very strong moves in both gold and silver this year. I'm not going to predict a month or six months or three months, but I think we will see a lot of volatility in the markets. And, well, you know what? No, no one can predict what gold going to do. I could probably predict what gold's going to do tomorrow. No one's asking you to make a prediction, Melody. We're asking you to stick your neck out. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't care about the prediction. Just say something, Melody. Well, you know what, what you accountable for. You know what, Al? When I make predictions, and I write them on my paper. I never make announcements. I'm always right. Uh -huh. It's when I make that one prediction on the radio. <laughs> I'm always wrong. That's why I don't do it. Writing the predictions on a piece of paper. How many times do you and I talk off air and I say, I told you so, I told you so, I was oh, right, I was right. So, you know, so no, I do think we're going to see higher gold prices. By the end of the year, I think you're going to see uh, the same performance as we saw in gold in the first uh, couple of months in the year, and then it's only going to get stronger. We will not have a summer doldrums this year like we did last year, and that's really what killed gold. I mean, it was just like the world walked away from gold during the summertime, mm -hmm. and it had a hard time building it back up in the fall. And, of course, the markets really didn't do much in the fall. I mean, it was quiet ever since. So, you know, all eyes had been on the election. Um, so there was very little interest. And so 
So I think we're here today, and I think that interest is, has been awoken. And I think we will continue to see pressure on on the uh, dollar, and gold prices are going to go higher. You know, I think I saw a report for the last, I don't know, 30, 40 years, the first year of a new presidency, on average, it wasn't always this way, but it was on average up 14, price of gold was up 14%, if I recall correctly. It was Republican. In the first year of a new president. A couple of exceptions, but mostly up. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, and, you know, it depends on the Super Bowl, which team wins. That also has an impact on gold prices. I mean, we could name a thousand, you know, I could probably name several, you know, that will impact the, the price of gold if this happens. You're well, beginning to sound like a mainstream media personality. But, I mean, true. When you blame, oh, the Super Bowl, that's what made the price of gold go up or down. That's what the media does, Melody. That's like the government saying we had an unseasonably cold winter. <laughs> and then we had an unseasonably warm winter, and both of them managed to mess up the economy. That was well, their that's excuse. That's been around for a very long time. So I understand. Um, but um, so no, I mean it's you know the fundamentals again, and, and I'm not going to go into the fundamentals today. But it doesn't matter what the price of gold is. Sure, we're all going. It's gold's a given. It's it's probably the easiest investment for anyone to get into. You buy it, you hold it. You're going to protect your purchasing power. You know, we got an email. I'll see if I can bring it up here um, from a gentleman yesterday in response to a comment that we talk. Um, you made the comment yesterday about there isn't anything. Oh, let me see if I can pull it up here. You know, you can do some rattling. You can do some talking while I try and pull this up out. Da, 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 da. Da, da. Da, I get so many emails. Da, da. Say what? I get so many emails. It's uh... Well, we all get a lot of emails, Melody. It's a, it's a common problem. and we, we all work with it as best we can. But here's something in the meantime while we would wait for I... Melody Here to we sort go. through her. Oh, oh now. This is, now. This is from uh, William, and he says, um, the, uh, what you said yesterday, there's no solution to the national debt other than monetary and economic collapse. He says, sure there is. All that is required is to repeal the legal tender law. People would choose what they want to use as money. A new economy based on precious metal would spring up and defeat the present system. It's it's never going to happen legally. They they want as big of a, a catastrophe as possible to prepare for the collapse. Well, I hear what he's saying. The question is, does the government have any gold? I know that what I think what he's saying is that you and I and everyone else could opt to do business. If you want to do business in paper dollars, do business in paper dollars. Want to do business in Bitcoin, do Bitcoin. Want to do gold and silver, do gold and silver. All right? It's up to all of us. It would be a wonderful thing if it worked out that way, because I think what would happen in pretty short order, it would become apparent to everybody that the ones who were getting ahead were the ones who were dealing in gold and silver. They were prospering, and the ones who were holding on to digital currency and paper dollars were tending to fall by the wayside. Um, but most people, when they think of money, not just currency, but money, they're talking about a paper or digital currency that is ultimately backed by gold and issued by the government. 
Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be that way, but that's the way most people think. And one of the big questions is, does the government still have any gold left? Could they back any currency with gold at this time? There have been we know that the government, the Treasury, the gold treasury has not been audited since something like 1953. It's over 50 years since anybody's actually sat down and counted, actually in a public accounting, and said, ah, okay, let's, go, let's start counting the bars of gold we have right now. And also check to see how many of them are actually tungsten with just a little gold coating on the outside. Right? Um, a real accounting hasn't been done in over 50 years, and we don't know. A lot of people suspect the gold's gone. If that were true, where's the gold going to come from that's going to back our currency? Well, it won't be a gold-based currency. The only gold monetary system we could have would be to fall back and use gold and silver coins. And we could do that individually. We can transact business on our own that way if we cared to. And I think it'd be a great thing. Uh, and I think it would prove quickly, if you let these currencies, digital currency competes with paper currency, competes with gold and silver dollars, I think the difference would be shown up very quickly. And it would soon be everybody, they'd be wanting to do business in gold and silver. And what would actually happen? If you want to buy an automobile and you're going to pay for it with Bitcoin, or if you were going to pay for it with fiat dollars, the price would be, say, $40,000. Say $50,000 is to make it rounder. All right? What would it cost to buy that same vehicle if you purchased it with gold and silver? And I'll bet you would learn quickly, quickly. It would turn out, all right, I'll sell you the, I will sell you the new car for fifty grand in Bitcoin or fifty grand in paper dollars or checks or debit cards or whatever else. All right. But you, sir, you're willing to pay in gold and silver? I'll let you have the car for thirty grand. We would say forty grand, thirty grand. I don't know where it would land. But I'm sure there would be an obvious people say, Oh my God, look at the price. Look at what he got. He got that car for only thirty thousand dollars because he paid with gold and silver. You only need to see a lesson like that once or twice in your life, and all of a sudden you realize if you're working for someone who's paying in paper and somebody else is paying in gold and silver, you want to work for the guy in gold and silver, and you may be willing to work for less dollars per hour because the gold dollars, the silver dollars will buy more. They will all right. It's it's well in your it's well in your it's in your interest to work for that gold and silver. We can't see that comparison right now because they've taken the gold and silver off the market and they've off they've removed it as money in violation of Article One, Section Ten, Clause One of the Constitution of the United States. Um but beyond that, they've even suppressed the price that we might have seen on the free market in order to continue to maintain the illusion that gold is not a viable competitor with fiat dollars and that the price of gold is not going to do anything dramatic and while the while the price while the purchasing power of fiat dollars collapses but i think inevitably we're going to see the day when the price of gold is going to go up dramatically and the purchasing power of the dollar is going to fall dramatically and there are going to be people that are going to be screaming would someone please pay me in gold? Uh, would someone please pay me in silver? Can I get? Can I get? Can I get? Buddy, can you spare a silver dollar? All right? Can you spare a dime? 
No, I don't want a damn debit card. I don't want digits. I don't want I don't want paper. Can you spare a dime, an actual silver dime? You know, we used to see that story with one of the Rockefellers, John D. Rockefeller. He used to give dimes to children. Guy was multi-millionaire. I don't know what he was worth altogether. One of the richest men in the world. And he'd hand out dimes to little kids. And people would sit back and say, what a cheap, what a cheap SOB. I mean, he's got hundreds of millions of dollars and he's given these kids a dime. He could afford to at least give them a dollar or $10 or $20. Gives them a dime. I think Rockefeller was making a good and valid point. I think he was trying to teach these kids, this is real. This is a little dime. It's a little disc made out of silver, but this has real value. And if you are sensible, you will learn to appreciate that value, and you'll invest in that value, and you may see your world, your life may become prosperous. And you may be trying to teach them a lesson. Really, and, yeah. <laughs> That's what I think. Rockefeller. Yeah. Okay. You laugh at me, Melody. You disparage my remarks. I'm not judging, but... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You just wait. I just remember when I started laughing at one of your statements. No, I mean... Mm. Anyway. Too late to apologize now. No, no, don't, don't. Yes, these men have done so much for the world. Now, is that some sort of a feminist remark now? Not Were at you all. on the march? Did Not you join all. the march on Sunday? Not at all. Hmm. But anyway, what's that? All right, so in any case, um, you know, we had an email. Someone was suggesting we go back to get rid of the legal tender laws, which allow these pieces of paper and digital devices to pass for money, and they're not. And I would agree, get rid of those laws, but the problem is, how can the government do it if it doesn't have any gold or silver? And there is a valid question. Does the government have any gold or silver? And if it doesn't, what's uh, the only way we could have a gold and silver monetary system is that the price of gold would have to be increased enormously. Not talking about going to 2000 or 5000 or even 10000 I mean, I've heard John Williams who is one of the few people, the only man I regard as a real hero, he's he's talked about $100,000 gold, and he's a credible, I, I'm not saying he's predicting it, but he's talked about it. Credible possibility. Unlikely, maybe, but still credible. I don't believe it. I don't expect it, but who knows? I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. We'll be back in a moment. Please stay tuned. Financial Survival. obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out when life is too much to handle use apothecary herbs emotional stress formula feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee you've waited long enough call apothecary herbs now toll free 866 866- 229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom 
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe, all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. on financial survival. What's next, Melody? A very simple special today. Very simple special, the SS special. It's going to be $2.45, $2.45 over spot for any number of one-ounce American silver eagles. So if you buy one or 100, 245 over spot. That really is a deal. Uh, so give us a call at 1-800-375-4188. If you buy a box of 500, we'll do them at 240 over spot. And that includes And what's the price of silver right now? Price of silver spot is spot right now is we'll have to take a peek, but this is, you know, whatever the spot price is tomorrow mm-hmm. will be you know what we'll base it on. So uh, right now it's seventeen seventeen. So okay. So you'd be talking about nineteen forty or thereabouts. True. Well, based well, a little more than that, but okay. nineteen fifty. But mm-hmm. tomorrow might be different. So that's why I don't want to concentrate on the price of silver because tomorrow the price of silver will be different. So we're doing two forty five over spot, and if you buy boxes of 500 these are the 2017s uh, we'll include shipping and drop that to 240 over so give us a call at 1-800-375-4188 I did an article for Melody's uh, American Survival newsletter this last week that dealt in part with the alleged war between Donald Trump and the mainstream media there have been elements of the mainstream media who've come right out and just said, look, we need to attack this guy. All right? We need to understand that we're in the fog of war right now in Washington, D.C., and we shouldn't worry about looking for objective truth. Just write whatever gets this guy. Well, <clears throat> when the media admits that, that they're not looking for objective reality, they're not trying to report that, that they're trying to report in a biased way, that they're engaged in war. They are against, they're not reporting on what Trump, they are trying to report against him, trying to discredit whatever he has to say. Well, it's absolute evidence that the media, to the extent that's true, and I'm not saying that everyone in the media or even most people in the media are doing it, but some people are. They're at least advocating it. People are engaged in propaganda. They're not reporting the news. They're reporting propaganda. They are making up fake news, which is perhaps just another name for propaganda. And here's a little story from the America, uh, from 
uh, Agency France Press, um, and the technology kills mainstream media. And the argument deals with this issue and kind of explains where mainstream media is to some extent. And it says the U.S. newspaper industry has shed more than half of its jobs since 1990. Think of that. Half of the media jobs are gone since, and what would that be, 26, 27 years? Losses which have only been partly offset by gains on in online media. What they're talking about in part, well, I'll get to it in a second. Official U.S. Labor Department data showed that the newspaper sector lost 271,800 jobs in the period from January 1990 to March 2016, or 59.7% of the total over the past 26 years. Now, you'll note, Melody, 1990 was the year that I started publishing my own little magazine called The Anna Scheister. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously what drove the mainstream out of business. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who's responsible for that. Do you understand that, Melody? Okay. All right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, in any case, but, but uh, uh, this, is, this is partly a reflection of technological advances. You don't need as many people. You know, I could put out a little magazine all by myself, really. Given that we had desktop publishing, one thing or another, you could you could do things if you could market them. You could do things that were quite astonishing with little or no help, other than what you had in the computer and that box, that computer computerized equipment that replaced, who knows, ten, twenty people who might otherwise have been involved in producing a magazine the sort I had, and it explains part of the part of the lost jobs for a mainstream media. Nevertheless, they've lost close to 60% of their employees over the past 26 years. That's pretty remarkable. The numbers first cited in a report by the news website Engadget confirmed the massive shift into digital media that has hammered traditional newspapers. Magazines fared only slightly better, losing 36% of their jobs in the same period. Technology and globalization didn't just kill manufacturing jobs. All right, we sit back and say, "Oh my God, we shipped the jobs overseas, and and it cost, and and we lost jobs for people who had work in the assembly lines, and not just those manufacturing the jobs, the technology and to a lot into a globalization, they also caused print publishing to go through a similar catastrophe, and other industries as well." And we're seeing results of that. We're seeing Target and uh, J.C. Penney's and and uh, Macy's and I don't know how many other main mainstream big box stores are closing hundreds of their outlets after a bad Christmas, a uh, bad Christmas season, and not the first one. But they can see this is the way the world is going. We are becoming a digital a digital world, and we order our, our products and goods and services over the internet. And we don't really need to see those stores much anymore. And therefore, they're going to tend to disappear. So technology, knocking out a lot of jobs, Melody, where are we going to produce them? You know, I agree. I mean, certainly technology had a big hit on, on magazines and newspapers. But again, I go back to the quality of items. Doesn't anybody know what quality is anymore? I mean, look at the magazines that you receive. It's cheap, isn't it? Isn't quality look, cheap, Melody? Look, look at the look at the magazines anymore. You, you they, they'll publish a magazine. You look at it. It might have what fifty, sixty pages. 
And out of those 50, 60 pages, there's ad. 55 advertisements. Yeah. Um, and they pat themselves. They're beautifully, they're, they're beautifully published. They're, you know, the pictures look wonderful, you know, and so forth. But what do they tell you? They tell you absolutely nothing. So, again, it's like no one tried to keep something going strong. And if you would produce a magazine that gave people um, information and so forth, um, they enjoyed it. I mean, look at these newsletter writers. Um, even look what Bob Chapman did with his international forecaster. People subscribed to his newsletter. Um, they got it by hard copy in addition to online. Um, there's, there's other magazines and newsletter writers who do the same thing, that will still send out hard copies and so forth. Um, I prefer to have something in my hands to read than reading it off the, you know, the Internet. But absolutely, technology did hurt. But, again, it's like I don't think anybody really tried to save anything. It was all about the almighty dollar. Let's make as well, much as we can. Well, you know, it wasn't just where they didn't try to can. say anything. They tried not to lose their audience. I said, oh, don't say that. Don't say that. Oh, good grief, we're going to lose their audience. And the truth of the matter is the only way you can hold an audience right now is you've got to say things that a lot of people regard as politically incorrect. If you're going to worry about losing the audience, you're right, you may lose some of it, but you will retain other parts of it. You've got to come out with something that's real, something that people say, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's what I was thinking. I was thinking that. And if you can do that, then you can hang on to your audience. And if you're going to just try to tell everybody, you know, everything's going to be great again, uh... You're going to lose your audience. It's not what the people are listening for. It's not what they're hearing. It's not, and it's probably not true. More to the point. When I visit, so antique, you can't coddle your audience. You got to rough them up from time to time. Well, when I visit antique stores, one of my favorite sections to go to is the magazines mm-hmm. where they have the old posts and the looks. Yeah. Um, um, pull them out. You know, they have them dated in the 30s and 40s and 20s. I mean, they're great. I used to get them, and we used to use them for radio programs because their content, I mean, it was incredible what they would write about. Um, sure, they had their advertisements in there, but, uh, you know, again, it's almost like Donald Trump. They had things in there that mattered to the people, um, what people wanted to hear. They were, they were maybe the first uh, America First magazines. Um, so to speak. So, and that was lost because it was all lost to, you know, money, 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 money. Guess let's get as much as we can in the advertising dollars. So again, how much did they put themselves out of business, and then at the same time had to compete with technology? Well, we're all contributors to our own demise. I mean, we do things that are stupid, even when we don't know they're stupid. It turns out, oh my gosh, look at what I did. Businesses that you know. So you're, you, I mean, we're talking about magazines and newspapers who've gone out of business. And um, look, no, at the Sunday pa- look at the Sunday papers anymore. I remember getting the Sunday papers, and you know, you go through the various sections: the sports, the news, the the comics, you know, and then there was some advertisements. Now, wait a second. Ago, hey, now, wait a second. Ago, let's let's get the order man, correct. First, you go through the comics, and then maybe you go through the news and the sports and the ads. The comics were number one, Millet. I didn't say that. But my point is, you gradually saw more and more advertisements in that newspaper than there were mm-hmm. in, than there was information. 
Who yep. wants to get? Who wants to pay five bucks for a Sunday morning newspaper and get nothing but advertisements, coupons? Oh, so you can see this sometimes with business. motion pictures on TV or on the internet, and you can see old TV movies, and you see how long they are, and you, and you know it was an hour film, and they're and they are over time. Initially, you might have five minutes every half hour in advertising. And then it got to be 10 and longer and blah, blah, blah. I'm not sure. You take a half hour film right now, and I'll bet you got at least 10 minutes of ads. Mm-hmm. At least a TV program and the rest of that sort of thing. Um, it's evidence that their revenues are declining, and they're having to charge people less money in order to put the program, less money for the ads, and they charge, but they sell more ads. Uh, and so we watch, we sit there and watch the tube, and what we really see is increasingly we see ads, and sometimes they're the best part of the program. We and the internet, it, and know. the internet is becoming very much in the same way. I mean, you visit a website, next thing you know, you you go somewhere and you have eight advertisements attacking you. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just like. Stop. You can't. That's because you need an ad blocker. But if you do that, a lot of some some websites won't let you look at their stuff if you use yeah. an ad blocker. Yeah. I don't care. There's plenty of things to look at. I use the ad blockers, and if I can't look at a website, I don't care. And there's plenty more to look at. I, you know, I, I don't think that's an effective strategy. There's still strategy. a lot that still gets through. My point is, again, it's all about advertising. It's all about selling to the public. It's all about making people consume and uh, i think that's how most people approach it but i think that's a shallow and superficial way to work right now i think it's more important that the people behind these publications actually act with passion and they will hang on to their readers if they're saying something real and they say it with passion they'll hang on to their audience where if they're more interested in advertising they're going to find themselves increasingly fallen by the wayside until there's nothing left except you're just getting junk mail. The same thing we used to get all the time every day in the in the mail. The the the, the postal service would both deliver a package of junk mail. It was all sorts of ads. Everybody's got them. You got half a dozen of these things coming in every day. They deliver them to you. <laughs> you walk into the house and throw them in the trash. All right, nobody even reads the stuff. Well. Somebody must. We're coming up to in places where we're approaching something like that on the internet. Not all, not all places, not even a majority, but just the same. Oh, well, that's quite a. And got to get that money. Got to get that money. Got to get. And what happens is people see it, they adjust to it, and they just throw it in the trash. Throw up an ad blocker. Throw the junk mail in the trash. Don't read it. Don't look at it. You know, we defend ourselves against advertising to some degree. And I'll give you one other point. What part of the Bible deals with? Advertising, Melody. You tell me, Al. One of the commandments. I don't remember which one it was, but it says, Thou shalt not covet. Most advertising is teaching you to covet. It's not just teaching you, here's something that's good for you. Most of it says, Look at this Cadillac. Look at this house. Look at this Look at this young, nubile, 22-year-old female. All this can be yours if you will just send me some money and do such and such. Advertising teaches us to covet. And it's something you have to be wary of. You have to be aware aware of that that observation. It makes us want things that maybe we don't need. And it's a fine line between what we need and what we think we need and what we want. 
But just the same, the fundamental thrust of advertising teach people to want things that they don't really need, which is part of the reason why we have garages that are full of plastic toys that we gave the kids over the years. There's no room for the car. We keep the car out in the garage where it can crack and whatever in the sunlight and the weather. But we have to protect our plastic toys that are stuffed away. We can't junk them. So we were if we were tricked into coveting, and then we'd got them for a while, we thought, yeah, we don't really like that this much after more. And kids are classic for that. You know, kids, oh, I want that, I want that. Yeah, get it for them. Watch and see how long they want it. They come to file, realize that they begin, they realize, gee, I coveted this thing. They don't really want it, do I? Maybe I'd do better with just a baseball and a glove. We're out of time, folks. I want to thank all of you for listening. Melody and I will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you and me and Melody and Todd, the producer. Bye-bye. I work all night. I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time, I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preserve, 
confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com, N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com.
right, good afternoon all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Tuesday, January 24, 2017, 2.07, out here on the Pacific Time Coast. If that's when it is where you're at, we are, in fact, live. 800, well, actually, I'd rather have you use 541-826-0953 if you want to call in, because that 800 number is going to be going away here before too long. So 541-826-0953, yeah, the 800 number still works if you want to use it, but uh, get used to the new number, at least for now. That's always going to be the backup number, no matter what we do with the other numbers, so... uh, 541-826-0953. You can also go to our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. We've got a couple other easier addresses, avrn1.com or avrn.tv. That's the shortest and probably easiest to remember. And once you get to the website, you'll see everything you need to know about this network is found there. And you'll also notice we have a chat room. Now, if you're not in the chat room, you know, you're not able to get in the chat room, that means you need to send me an email, AmericanVoiceRadio at Yahoo.com. It's on the website. You'll see it. And just say you want in the chat room and uh, tell me what screen name you want to use. That's all I need to know. And uh, you'll get an email back, and uh, you'll get a temporary password and the Unless somebody else is using the screen name you wanted, which is unlikely, you'll be uh, able to get in there. And then you can uh, participate in the show or, hey, just uh, socialize if you'd like. Anyhow, as I said, it is Tuesday, and that means we got Al from Colorado with us for the lightning round. Welcome, Al. Yes, well, let's get to a couple of things with the inauguration. First, we get the dumbbell women on Saturday who wasted everybody's time, right? Well, yeah. The, yeah. And then we have the snowflakes who are going to jail for 10 years and are getting fined $25,000 that they don't have. But I think they would be better off if they just took them all out and shot them. Well, uh you know who's uh, I didn't I I mean I read something about some people getting arrested. Two hundred and thirty people have gotten arrested. They are supposed to uh, because it is a felony for the uh, what do you call it, the damage they they did. I don't know if you saw the picture of the limo they set on fire. You know I read I didn't see the picture but I did read that it was owned by a Muslim and it, uh, the driver was the driver a Latino. Is Hispanic, yeah. So good choice, snowflakes. Is this a wonderful is this a wonderful country or what? Good right? choice, snowflakes. You know, yeah. Like, like what? Would you doing us a favor yeah. or what? Well, I give Trump credit. No TPP, no Trans Pacific Partnership. He got rid of that. Yeah, he's and done a couple of good he's things. He's done some nice stuff already. And uh, like I say, I see we got. I uh, went to the CIA. Okay, made a little visit there. I'm not happy about what he did after he won the election, though, praising Hitlery and Bill. And at the luncheon, I don't know if you saw those or not. Yeah, well, he, you know, a lot I'm of. I'm getting to wondering about him. A Frank. lot of stuff like that is just BS. You know, it's like. Okay, uh, is he saying see. things so that people will like him, and then he's going to turn around and, and show? No, it's kind of like, it. look, you know, you're done. Okay, the Clintons are done. That's right. So, yeah, great job, nice service, wonderful people. Now beat yeah, it. Yeah, real wonderful people. You know, now yeah. beat it. Uh, you know, and 
Why? Why? Okay. What would it? What would it do? If, for him to bear. First of all, he probably should have told Hitler and Bill to stay away. Is what he should have done. Is my opinion. Yes, but anything like that, anything other than what he did, only brings more attention to the Clintons. That's true. I have to give you. I think what he's doing, he's um, kissing up to the. Uh, to the left is what he's paying. Well, he's taken away their power. It's well, like, look, if there is no, listen, anymore. Al. They're not if, going. They're Al, not going anywhere, Frank. If there is no conflict, mm-hmm. there is no case, okay? That's true. So, you know, so the, 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 the snowflakes are out there yelling and screaming, and, and Trump's basically ignoring them and letting them get it out of their system, and... Yeah, oh yeah, Hillary's great. You know, now that she's gone, she's great. I think she's great too. She'd even be greater if she she'd was be dead. Six feet under is what yeah, I say. She'd yeah, she'd be even greater. But you know, hey, I think it's great. She's gone. Hillary Clinton is great. She's gone. That's good. Hey, hooray! Obama's great too. You know, now yeah, that he's Barry, gone. Who cares about Barry? I don't <laughs> want to hear about Barry. They're still writing articles about Barry. I don't you know, hear about Barry anymore. But the thing is, as long as you're sitting there going, yeah, they're great. They're great. They're gone. They're great. You know. There's nothing. What are they going to say? Oh, he attacked Hillary Clinton. He called her great. Yeah. All right. So we're done with her. Let's not hear about Hillary anymore. Other than hopefully uh, the, uh, what's his name, will prosecute her. I still want to see her prosecuted, though, Frank. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want to hear her name until the sentencing hearing. I just want to know that she's going to watch it. He's not going to fire Comey. And I well, think that I'm a little... I think di- what's happening with Comey is that uh, Comey is going to do his 180 and he is going to prosecute her or, or uh, 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 suggest that she gets prosecuted now. See, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed that Trump kept Comey. I am, too. Comey's but a backstabbing beast. Comey turns beast. around and says, hey, guess what now, kids? Maybe yeah, I kind of made a mistake. And he says, well, I goofed up, and now I'm going to recommend to the new attorney general that she does get prosecuted. And he really doesn't even need to do that because the attorney general can do that on his own, can't he? Yeah, ba- Comey's a backstabbing weasel oh, who, who flip-flops he, back he, and he, forth. Like All he is is a bureaucrat. Frank. Yeah, he's a bureaucrat that will flip back and forth to whatever seems like it benefits him. Comey should be not only fired, but imprisoned. Uh, I don't think he committed. The one who has committed the crime is Hitler, and all he really had to do when those hearings were, what, back in June with with, uh, Congressman Gowdy, he just sort of said, yes, we're going to recommend that she be prosecuted. Yeah, because for him to— That's all he had to do! Yeah, but, you know, let's not forget that— James Comey got on the news, got in front of Congress, and straight out lied yeah, by saying, know you know, oh, uh, she didn't intend, so there's yeah. no crime. And there's nothing in the law that has anything about intention. So James Comey, because I know he must know better, he yeah. got up there and he lied to everybody. And I'm yeah. sorry, for that he should not be rewarded. No, absolutely. I agree. And Donald I Trump agree. made a mistake. By leaving him in there. But, you know, hey, it's a mistake that he can rectify at any time. Hey, Trump can turn around tomorrow and fire him, can't he? Yes, he can be yeah, fired. That's right. You know what? And I'm not sure that, that he can actually fire Comey. 
He can ask him to resign. He can yeah. say, well, I'll make your life a living hell. ask him to resign. There's no question about that. I think Comey is going to do a 180, and he's going to wreck. This is my guess. It's just a hunch that he's going to recommend now that uh, that Barry is gone. Okay, I think the reason he lied is because uh, he thought Barry might, uh, you know, uh, do something to him. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I don't care. If he's that much of a weasel coward, then, you know, he doesn't belong in that job. Oh, Plus, I agree. Let's 100%. not forget. You know, the the FBI, he was the head of the FBI when this whole thing in Oregon went down, where they were involved in that, too. So, what do you, you mean know, where the guy got shot Yeah, Comey's yeah. got blood on his hands, not to, not to mention letting Hillary Clinton skate. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Hillary Clinton, if she does skate within the next, let's say, let's, uh, let's say within the next couple of months, then there is no justice. She cannot how can Trump, lose if she skates. How can Trump ever trust Comey? To do the right thing. I don't know. We'll see. Well, let's give Comey a chance no. to, uh, how do we say, uh, reinvigorate no, himself. No, I'll or... give Trump. A, no, I'll give Trump a chance because he hasn't committed any crimes yet. But Comey's committed plenty of crimes. His chances are up, as far as I'm concerned, and mm -hmm. he needs to be in prison. Oh, uh, there's no question about it. I was very. I watched those hearings uh, back uh, last year, and I was very, very uh, dis disappointed. You know, and, and angry. Just so, you know, just so the listeners you know, aren't surprised and shocked, get ready, because you know what? When Trump does things that are good and I agree with, I'll mm -hmm. say so. Oh, and I'll support it. But when he right does now, things... I'm beginning to not trust him, Frank. I hate to say it. I really mean it. I don't trust him yet. Well, I don't. I never will trust him, but, you know, I can support things he does that are good but if he does things I don't like, I'm going to say so, oh, just I like will, I did with I will Obama. I out as, as well and say the same thing. If he does, if he pulls crap, okay, mm -hmm. I will, I will uh, be very vociferous in that uh, manner. You know, and the only thing about Comey that I can say positive for Donald Trump's decision there is that he can change his mind. That's the only thing that I can say positive about. I think Comey has to change his mind. And not him. To save face. No, He's not him. Comey. Face. No, as far as I'm concerned, Comey's days are over. Nothing he does or says is meaningful because he's a liar. Mm -hmm. What I mean is Donald Trump can change his mind and say, you know, I thought about it and you're fired. Get well, out. I would like to see Comey go if I don't if I don't see Hitlery uh, uh, at least uh, what's the word indicted. Let's say within the next thirty to sixty days, then I have no uh, confidence in anybody. Well, yeah, it's you know. We'll I mean, Hitlery has had a. She has been skating now for what forty years now, ever since she and Bill were in office, or before even. No, she when should he was have governor been governor of, Cal of uh, Arkansas. She should have been disbarred during the uh, Nixon hearings. Okay, she should have been disbarred. Oh, she for should that. have been thrown in jail during the uh, Watergate garbage for what she put up yeah. with what she did. And I don't think most people are aware that, you know, she actually withheld records, she stole records and and then didn't make them available to the other side. She took records out of the court into her own little hands and would not let them go to the other side. Plus her briefs were full of lies and just well, untruth. Well, got impeached mm -hmm. for having his uh, deal with Monica and uh, then the Senate didn't do anything and remove him. He should have been removed is what should have happened. Yeah. And the whole thing, and let's remember... The reason he got impeached was because they caught him lying. Yes. You know, same thing with Martha Stewart, right? You know, I mean, well, hey. yeah, but she really didn't lie. She she was a victim, basically. She did what her what her advisor told her to do. She didn't mm. really lie. She just did something well, that she wasn't supposed to do, evidently. You know, well, 
Hey, Wait a minute. Hillary people, Clinton. People in Congress can insider trading, but people like you and me and Martha Stewart, we go to jail for insider trading. But the whores in the whorehouse, they get to insider. Well, trade. yeah, but guess what? Hillary Clinton, when she was first lady, was not part of Congress, and she was guilty of insider trading, and nobody prosecuted her for that either. Oh, you mean when she when she turned a thousand dollars into a hundred thousand uh, dollars with the cattle guy? Yeah. Did you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean exactly that time. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're all crooks, Frank, and you can't trust any of them. I would like to see Donald do, I mean, he's done some positive things already. I mean, let's see what happens in the next 30 days, uh, or the, uh, what we call the first 100 days. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm more than happy to do that. I really am. Uh, you know, it's I'm just, willing you know. to give him a chance, but the fact that the snowflakes, the snowflakes will be crying for the next four years, will they not, Frank? Well, that's okay with me. They, you know. Uh, I think the snowflakes should be packed up and sent to Russia or China, and they can have their little communist, uh, you know. They could all be good little commies over there. Well, you know, they're going to run out of things to cry about. And, you know, but then again. I think what's going to happen is the mainstream press are going to finally start ignoring them, hopefully. Oh, I wouldn't count on that because most of them are, you know, part of the mainstream press. But can Donald, uh, the First Amendment notwithstanding, can Donald shut down the mainstream press and say you guys keep lying? This thing that you said about we can now everything is propaganda now. Remember what you well, said. Well, what, what he can do is he can get with Congress because the NDAA is a congressional thing. He can get with them and say, listen, I want you taking this out of here. No more propagandizing uh, the American right. people, and also. You've got to take the, uh, you know, you, you cannot call the me news media entertainment. We're not That's classifying right. yes, them not as that. not all entertainment. Yeah, you know, people just, getting their heads chopped off you know, and fires and train wrecks and are not entertainment. It, make it so it is not lawful to propagandize the American people and then go to the FCC when they do because they'll never stop. They'll always propagandize. And when of course. They, when of they course. do... When they do, after the law has changed to where uh, propagandizing the American public is not allowed well, anymore. Then somebody goes to jail then, don't they? Well, no. Somebody loses their FCC license. And can go to jail <laughs> you know, as well, I mean, too. You know, I mean, it's like, hey, you know what? Shut the lights off, CNN. You're done. You know, Comedy and CNN, what do you think? Is, I think Comedy News Network is going to go away. I think eventually they are going to go away. What do you think of this, man? The, uh, 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 what's his name? Sucker? What? The guy, the, the guy who owns, uh, yeah, Jeff Zucker. Oh, who owns Zucker. CNN, he's the, the he's president the of, of CNN. Uh, I think he's the CNN head. Yeah, he is. And and he said, now get this, okay? Mm -hmm. Get this. Yeah. Uh, one of the things this administration hasn't figured out yet is there is that there's only one television network that is seen in Beijing, Moscow, Seoul, Tokyo, uh Pananyang, uh, Baghdad, Tehran, and Damascus. What, Commie News Network and that, worldwide? And that that's CNN. The perception of Donald Trump in capitals around the world is shaped in many ways by CNN. Continuing to have an adversarial relationship with that network is a mistake. So, basically, he's admitting, hey, we propagandize and we'll make you look bad if you don't start playing nice with us. And I would tell them, yeah. You don't shut your trap and stop lying. You I'll put you license. out of business. How do you That's like right. that? Yeah, pull their license. Absolutely. Who cares? But, I don't care about CNN in Shanghai, China, because Shanghai, China doesn't uh, dictate to you and me what we think. Well, and plus, you know, 
honestly, they need to change the law back to where they're not allowed to propagandize the American people. Because once they make that illegal again, Mm -hmm. then the FCC can go to these networks and say, listen, you know, you've got to stop this, or we will will at least fine you, and we'll keep Mm -hmm. fining you until you stop. Or you go out of business. You're off the air. Just take you off the air totally. Well, you know what? If we have to fine you a few times, then we'll have to take additional action and perhaps suspend your license. But, you know, I mean, they could fine them out of business. Now, what's this deal? Is the Fairness Doctrine, has that been been revoked or is that still in in, uh, the... Oh, that's been revoked 20 years almost. So basically, nobody can come back because uh, you and I go on Rush and we say something, and now Rush doesn't have to give anybody equal time. Is that no, correct? No, they, no, they don't. And, and, you know, the Fairness Doctrine was an idea when really media was really closed. You know, you had the three networks, right? Just the three, the three prostitutes. Right, yeah. and that's all you had. And that that's was right. it. Then that was it. And that's when the Fairness Doctrine was in, and it was kind of a good thing for that period of time. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like, okay, we got three choices. Come on, let's that's hear... It. You only got one of three choices. Yeah, let's, which, let's hear... Which liar are you going to listen to, right? Well, no, they were obligated to have the other side. Let's mm-hmm. see the other now side. Now we've got more, much more than the three liars now. Well, now there's a whole bunch, and there's all this, and we don't need the fairness doctrine anymore. And we've anymore. got the alternate media now, which right. means we don't need it anymore. That's right, because if you don't, you know, you go listen to CNN, and you go, okay, and let me go listen to this other one, and let me go read that, and yeah. you, and then figure it out for yourself. Now, if you're uh, an idiot, and you just want to sit there with one thing on, whether it's Fox News or CNN, uh-huh. you know, you're a fool if you sit there with only one Option. Yeah, and you're also a fool if you believe that doctored thing when they uh, took the thing of Obama's inauguration and they showed there was nobody at uh, at Trump's yeah. inauguration and it was a lie. The picture was a lie. I know, but you know. You know, I mean, I mean, he's got to call these people out at every turn. He has to do that. He cannot sit back and let them lie. Well, he needs to get some people to do that because you know the guy's got other things to do yeah, well, than deal with the media. Yeah, well, he's got other things to do than bash the media. That's right. I mean, you know. But, hey, this is why presidents have people. You know, we've heard about all the president's men, right? Well, get a few of those men on the media. That's right. Although his, you know, his press secretary is doing a pretty good job, I'd say. Well, you know what? And the woman, what's her name, Conway, she's doing a good job, too, I think. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, they're not... I mean, um, he's got decent people. He hasn't got political hacks in there, as you like to say, Frank, right? Well, yeah, it seems to be that Trump... And I'm sure a lot of these people got their job because they were loyal, but they're also qualified. See, that's the difference between the way the Clintons and Obamas and the whole Democratic Party operate and the way Trump's operating. Because, well, you see, it's the same way the Republicans operate as the Democrats. They're no different. No, they're, they're both bad sides of the same rock. You know, Trump, Trump is doing things a little different, you know, and he's actually seeming to pick people that are qualified for the position rather than, yeah. oh, well, he's my buddy, we went to school together, yeah. and he, he sees things exactly well, like I the, do. The one guy in the that he's nominated for the Treasury Secretary, who's a Wall Street buddy of his, a banker, and this guy wants to increase the size of the tax Gestapo so they can steal more money from poor Frank. Yeah, well... I don't need 30%. I would like to see Donald says he's going to cut 20% of the federal workforce. How about making it 90%? of the federal workforce. Well, yeah, and you know what? I don't really care if they 
you know, go ahead and enforce the tax laws uh, aggressively against the people that actually owe the tax. That's right. But you mean the corporations? The IRS is being, you know, the, the tax laws in this country are being, uh, they're being enforced outside, outside the statute, okay? That's correct. You know, so it's like if you want to stick to the statute and just go after the people that owe, there's not that many. Really? Right. If you are if you are a federal employee and you work for Sammy, yes, you do owe the tax. Yeah. If you're engaged in alcohol, tobacco, or firearms manufacturing or related industries, you own the tax. Yeah. Yes, you do, because it's in the code. And if you're a corporation, you owe the tax. And, That's you know, right. I, I mean, you know, so yeah, okay. And hey, Al, if you're a wage earner out there, and you, you don't ha- owe the tax. If you have, well, wait a minute. If you have taken those wages and derived income from them, then you owe the tax, too. But How do you derive income uh, from the wages? You mean uh, buying stocks and bonds? Oh, yeah. Like, okay, let's make it really simple. Okay. I take my wages. Let's say I got paid 1000 bucks. I got Okay, a good what job. are you going to do with it? So I go down to the 7-Eleven and I buy $1,000 worth of uh, lottery tickets. That's got nothing to do with it, though. Oh, well, it does when I win $10,000. Okay, so I just won $10,000. No, well, because you've, guess already, what? You, you've already paid that $10,000, no. and $1,000 already had the tax taken out. Yeah, no, me. it's not tax. See, those are my wages, and they're not to be taxed. See, my $1,000 is my $1,000. It's wages. It is not profit. It is not gain. Oh, that's okay? correct. But that's if I take my but but thinks it Al, is, if I take my wages and I go buy ten, uh, you know, $1,000 worth of lottery tickets and I happen to win $10,000, Al, I now owe the tax rate on $9,000. Okay. And so under those circumstances, yes, I legitimately do owe that tax. But not on my $1,000 of wages, but on the profit and gain derived from those wages by buying those lottery tickets and winning. Uh, here's the quick question, though, Frank. But Al, <laughs> the people who donated and put the money in the lottery, that was their money. That was already taxed money. So why is that a what? You understand what I'm trying to say? Well, that money already had taxes taken out Yeah, on it's it. a misapplication of statute is what it is. That's what I'm saying, Al. Mm-hmm. Those wages should not be taxed, okay? I agree. That's I agree. A mi- it's a misapplication of the statute, and that's what I'm saying, is I'm not against Title 26. I'm not against the IRS. No, but it's not, being, it's not being enforced properly. They're going outside, as you said, they're going outside the statute. Yeah, you they are, and they're committing right? fraud. You go on uh, Wheel of Fortune, and you spin the wheel, and you win a car. You didn't spend any money to win that car. No. Why does it say that a car is income in the in Title 26? Well, it's not. Well, Al, that car is a profit. Okay. How is it a profit? Because you didn't work for it, Al. It's oh, a, it's okay. a, you know, you didn't work for it. It's a, it's a profit. It's a gain. Don't you think it's a gain for somebody to you spun a wheel and somebody hey, gave I you a new car? I buy a car and I give it to Frank. Is that a profit to Frank because I gave Frank a car? That's Frank yeah. gonna have to pay tax because oh, oh. Al gave him a gift of the car. Yeah. That's garbage too, Frank. That's called communism. Although you see, there's a, um, there's a limit on. Tax uh, on gifts, okay? okay? I think it's ten thousand dollars. So if okay. if the so car, car you give me ten grand, then right, you gotta, and, uh, pay and the then I've got to pay the taxes on 
everything over the okay. ten grand. Well, the IRS is going to have to wait because it's break time, folks. How can that be? <laughs> well, it is, but we'll take a break and we'll be back in a bit.
Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time, I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preserved or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com. N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com.
right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's Tuesday, January 24th, 2017. It's about 2.40 and a half out here on the Pacific Time Coast, or right around that. 541-826-0953. If you want to call in, get your voice on the air. If you'd like to participate and not get your voice on the air, well, then you go to our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com avrn1.com or avrn.tv and that'll get you to our site and you'll see we have a chat room there if you want to participate that's where to do it but you don't have to you can just go in there and socialize talk music whatever you know um it's there for you anyway like i said it's tuesday and that means this is uh the lightning round, and we got Al from Colorado with us. Welcome back, Al. Yes, here we are once again. Excuse me a second. A little froggy in the throat there. Oh, well, that's what you get for eating frogs, man. Well, I'll tell you what, Frank. I think uh, one of my bankers is trying to get a little nosy on me, asking me why I'm using cash rather than not using a credit card, and I just gave him an excuse. I don't. Th- I, they're trying to crack down, Frank. They absolutely want to get rid of cash asking you why you're using cash asking me why i don't have a credit card oh and, and i told him i says well i do have a debit card and i told him i basically don't buy things that i don't have money for and i told him basically i gave him a little excuse and that was it but i was very surprised when he asked me that yeah was this in in writing this is or in my ba- i don't keep very much in the bank frank cut less than a hundred bucks was this a, a in writing or he just no, asked no, you when you were there no he actually came out and asked this to me oh wow <laughs> so okay all i could tell you frank is i there's no question about it they want to get rid of cash there's no i mean i've been reading a whole bunch of, look what they've done in india already oh i know i know yeah absolutely i mean this is not a uh you know, and it's not a new thing either, Al. It's just something that is coming to the top right now. But they've been working on the cashless society for many decades already. They, they don't want it. And the reason why they don't want it, and they'll tell you, oh, it's to stop the drug trade. Oh, it's to stop yeah. the prostitution. Oh, it's to yeah. stop the gambling. Oh, it's for this. It's they for security, control, Al. Because right? once we all have a card and we have to use a card or a piece of plastic to buy everything, they can just shut you off, can't That's they? right. That's exactly what they want, and that's exactly what it's all about, control. You know, and they've all got this little eye, this little Star Trek idea where everybody just, you know, puts their thumb on a pad and the pays for everything because everybody's given a certain amount of credits every month, and, uh, mm. you know, and that's their idea. See, well, this they is, put that little chip in your wrist, and you pass it over the scanner and scare everybody in the Walmart and yeah. all that <laughs> stuff because that has happened already. You know, it? now let's move on to another story here because uh, this is a story from a very liberal communist site, you know, called Raw Story. I mean, it, it really is a... Com- I think I've com- seen their site, but I haven't really paid uh, that much attention. Well, I go there to, you know, see what the other side is uh Now, why, what's, what are they pushing now? Here's the headline. Trump bans government scientists from sharing their work with the taxpayers who funded it. Ooh, that sounds bad, doesn't it, Al? Gee whiz, the taxpayers are paying for it. Don't you think they have a right to know what's being done? Well, <laughs> you, think? you know, that's the headline. But when you read the story... What Trump is actually doing is saying, and and you can see what he's doing, he's basically saying, you're all a bunch of lying frauds, you've been pumping out nothing but crap for the last 20 years, 
and you're going to stop until we figure out what's really going on with you. No more tweets, no more nothing. You're not. You're done for right now. You just sit there. Hey, Ross Starr, you're going to get your real site removed from the net if you keep lying. Period. Well, you're you not know what? Come back. I hey, I am not into censorship in any any degree at all. You want to get out there and be the onion and put out completely false stories. You want to be a liberal communist site and, uh, and promote I don't have communism. to go to the onion or raw story if that's I right. don't want to. That's Frank. right. You don't have to go to them. And the, you know what? It's good to see because I'll tell you what, man. There, there are at least 20% in this country that are hardcore communists. They oh, don't absolutely. know they're communists. Some of them do, but a lot of them don't even realize they're communists. They think they're things like, I'm a liberal, I'm progressive, I'm yeah, democratic. That's just, that's just another buzzword for commie. That's yeah, all that well, is. You know, I mean, you can say, well, well, you know, you can't say all the co- Democrats are communists. Well, you can't say all of anybody's anything. But well, you, we got uh, a good portion of them are, Frank. That's the problem. A well, good portion. I'm not saying, like, I agree. Not, they're, they're not all commies. No. And the problem we have is the fact that people of my age, your age, older, when they hear the Democratic Party and a Democrat, you're a Democrat. Well, that doesn't mean the same thing to them that it does to the current Democrats, okay? Because the Democrats from, say, listen, I've said this many times, and I really believe it, that John F. Kennedy wouldn't even be allowed in the Republican Party. He'd be considered too uh, too conservative, you know? I mean, and he was a Democrat. There's mm-hmm. no way. You know, the same, look, a Democrat from the 1960 is not today's Democrat. Oh, absolutely. Even though they, it's a total different ballgame. Well, We're talking over 50 years now, Even Frank. though they've got the same name, though, Al. But that doesn't matter, though, Frank. But it does, you see, because, oh, they're still... Al, come on. They're still pushing this to the young kids. Well, we're for the little people like you. We're yeah, for the workers the like people. you. Yeah, well, you know what? The Republicans are no different, though, Frank, really. Well, no, the only they, difference uh, is that the Republicans are more warmongerish than the Democrats are, correct? Well, listen, they, the the Republicans at least, are more upfront about where they're coming from. We're here to promote business, you know, and we their theory is, look, if business succeeds, if business does good, that's going to help the working people and that's going to help the little people. That's what we think. We don't need to help you directly. We need to help the economy grow so you can have opportunities. That's the Republican line. Okay, now, it, whether it's true or not, whether that works or not, uh, is is debatable. But at least they're upfront about where they're coming from. Look, we're not here to help the little guy. We're here to help the big guy help the little guy. Mm-hmm. That's their idea. And the Democrats were always, no, we're here to help the little guy directly. Well, well, it okay. doesn't work that way. Well, because it'd the way be the fine. Democrats help the little guy is by taking money from the big guy. Well, listen, and- if we had that, okay, mm-hmm. if that was really it, we would have two parties, and they would have to come to some compromise in the middle, which would probably be not so bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, because, look, the little guy needs some help sometimes, especially yeah. in this economy. But the big guy needs some help, but 
the big guy also needs to not keep all the profit for himself. He needs to reinvest yeah, but, but in the, the, the big, country. But the Democrats and Republicans saying, we're going to tell uh, Mickey D's that he's got to uh, pay you $15 an hour. We're not going to let him in. Uh, what should be happening is uh, the Democrats and Republicans should be saying, we're going to let the market decide who pays what. It's not Sammy's job to tell uh, a business that you have to pay this uh, Joe Lunch bucket 15 or 20 bucks an hour. Right? Well, you know, I don't know. I It's not Sammy's job to set wages. Well, Sammy doesn't Oh, well, okay, he does set the yes, national but but why, the, why do you think what do you think the minimum wage is? But yeah, well the states set their own minimum oh, wage. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Wait until Oregon gets their 15 or 20 dollars an hour. You watch how many businesses go out of business in your state, right, Frank? Well, yeah. I mean, it's it, <laughs> Well, and it's not so much the businesses are going to go out of business. All the prices are going to skyrocket. Well, then Joe Lunchbucket won't have the money because his wages aren't going up. No, that's right. And, you know, and this is what always happens. Look, if if I thought raising the minimum wage would help everybody, I'd be for it. But it doesn't help anybody. Because, look, you tell a guy who owns a business, look, you got to start paying everybody 15 bucks an hour. It's the law. Yeah. All right, fine. So I'm going to fire a few people. For one. And I have to raise my prices on top of it, too. And for two, I'm going to raise my prices. So now the people that had jobs are not having a job. And they probably have to go on welfare, which is going to cause more problems. The people that are now getting paid 15 bucks an hour aren't seeing any benefit for, for it because all the prices have gone up to eat away at That's that. That's right. So and, the, even though they got an increase in their wages, the price of the product has gone up and they still can't afford it. That's right. And the main thing here in Oregon that goes up Landlords, man, the minute they see the uh, minimum wage go up, boom, oh, rent. Go the rents. Rents just went up to fix that. Oh, boy. Anything you made off of that raise is gone now. Your landlord's taking it. Now, what happens? And then we, you know what, what else? Happens, the, state, the state's all good with that because, you see, now when you can raise your rent, guess what happens to your property values? They go up. Guess what happens to your property tax? It goes up. So the state makes more money. The state's all good with this. Yeah, well. It's a racket. Absolutely. What happens if we get rid of the Federal Reserve and we have good money and we don't have somebody dictating and we don't have uh, Mrs. Yellen cranking the press? And, you know, the real reason for taxes, Frank, is because if Sammy didn't tax it, we'd have $60, $70, $80 a gallon gas now, wouldn't we? <laughs> Think about it. You're not taking that money out of circulation, Frank. You're not keeping uh, uh, Chevrolet can't uh, crank cars out as fast as Mrs. Yellen can crank toilet paper out, now can they? Well, that's true. There has to be a release valve for all the created money. And and the sad thing is, see, the money gets pumped in to the big corporations, okay? And it doesn't trickle down to Joe Lunch Bucket. No, that money doesn't. But what what does trickle down is the taxes. So while the money gets transferred to the corporations, it gets extracted from the little guy. Absolutely. And that means, oh, a wealth transfer to the rich. That's, That's right. what this Gotta is. Stop. This is why the progressive tax was part of the Communist Manifesto. Yes. 
You know, Absolutely. Not to, not to fund the government. And the fact that Sammy can print all the toilet paper he wants, it's, it's for two reasons. Sammy wants to control you, and he wants to quote, but even though he thinks he's keeping the inflation down, he's not keeping it down, is he, Frank? They're lying about the inflation, just like they lie about anything else. Well, yeah, yeah. We have nearly a hundred, one-third of the population is out of work, but we only have four and a half percent unemployment. Yeah, good luck, Frank, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, and, you know, yeah. what they count for inflation. Oh, yeah, and, Frank, you stopped looking for a job. Frank, you're no longer unemployed, Frank, are you? Well, and then for inflation, they count things like, well, okay, refrigerators and washing machines and cars and stuff like that, and, oh, that only went up 4%. Well, yeah, all right, only went up 4%. We're, we got the average car, new car, is thirty grand. Uh, really? Yeah. How yeah. does that 4%? Yeah. Good luck with that one. Who's well, uh, that's that good government accounting? What it? they don't tell you, it's four percent every year, which uh, in ten years, what is so that? Four percent right there, isn't it, Frank? It is in ten years. So uh, you know, they're not fooling anybody who's got any brains. So Frank. Al, since Obama was president and now he's not, uh, he only increased the national debt what nine trillion dollars? He yeah. only added nine or ten trillion to the debt since he came in. And inflation went up forty percent. I mean, hey, look, you know, it's just math. If if you tell me, which I don't believe you, but if you tell me inflation's 4% for the year, okay. Yeah, for one for one year. And then I add 10 years, that's 40%. Well, that makes 40 to me, Frank. I'm sorry, you know, I mean. Yeah, who do they think they're kidding, Frank? Well, everybody. That's who they think they're kidding. Well, everybody. Uh, well, they're not kidding you and me and AVR listeners. They're not kidding. No, they're not. But, you know, it, we're still a minority, Al. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, whether we like it or not, well, it's true. Well, maybe all the Joe lunch buckets all over the country just need to lose their jobs. Let's all quit working and let's all go on welfare and let Sammy take care of all of us, Frank. What do you say? Well, that's, you know, that's... I think that's a great idea. And then somebody else, maybe we'll start taking... Wait a minute. Mark Zuckerberg, in the first two weeks, made $5 billion. What does FedBook sell, Frank, that this guy made $5 billion in two weeks? Excuse me. Your personal information, that's what. I don't believe that, uh, Frank. There isn't, aren't enough people for $5 billion. If you're personal selling information. personal information to the United States government, which is paying, well, of course, Well, then evidently Sammy made it, gave him the $5 billion then, didn't he? Well, where else? So Joe Lunchbucket is getting screwed there, too, now, isn't he? I'd say so. <laughs> you know, that would be my estimation, yeah. Frank, if we had an honest system, we didn't have private banks... And if you want to buy your house, Frank, you've got to put down 25%, and you've got to pay it off in 10 to 15 well, years. And you we know, have honest money, and the prices don't go up every five minutes, Frank, see, like in Venezuela. Here's the problem, is that everybody thinks, well, the problem is private banks because the Federal Reserve is private. But, that see, this country was founded on private banks. If you didn't like your bank... You went to another bank. Right. Your bank wasn't giving you a good deal. You went to another bank. We didn't have a central bank, bank, though, did we, though? No, and the thing is, this country, they rejected a central bank. As a matter of fact, the the, the, uh, Federal Reserve System is not supposed to be 
a central bank. The United States of America is not supposed to have a central bank. None of the countries are supposed to have Well, other countries can do whatever the heck they want. But the thing is, they set up this thing and they said, oh, it's a Federal Reserve system. Meaning, you know, that's why you have, well, you got the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago, you got the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, you know, all over the place, right? California, blah, 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 12 of them. You know, okay, so, and they said, so we have 12 private banks. And they're going to regulate everything under them. And everybody said, well, that, that seems to make sense. Except for the fact that, you see, once you make this one private bank a monopoly. Yeah. There's now, no competition. Now it's not a private bank anymore. It's a cartel. Well, it is exactly a cartel. And it's a cartel in business with the government. So it may as well be a government entity. Before the uh, before the uh, Federal Reserve, Sammy could only print as much toilet paper as he had yellow and gray stuff to back it. He couldn't print more than what he had to back it, could he? Well, he's always been able to print more than he had because, you know, they've always said, well, well you know, we can... be backed, each one. You used to be able to take... Are you old enough to remember silver certificates, Frank? Yeah, I am, Okay, actually. we don't have silver certificates anymore. We have Federal Reserve notes, which are nothing but debt. Well, now, even the Federal Reserve notes for some time had on them that said this is redeemable for lawful money at any Federal Reserve they Bank. they took that off long ago after Tricky Nixon. Yeah, Remember? they did. Yes, they did. Now it's not redeemable at all. And anything, a note that is not redeemable is it's not, not a, a note. note. Right. So it's that a makes promise to pay something. Yeah, but they're not. No. If you can't redeem it, it's an empty promise. That's what I just said. It's a promise to for nothing. That's right. Is this a great country or what, Frank? <laughs> you know, somebody in the chat room just brought up something here that I read oh, a few days ago about Finland is uh, going to give a try for, you know, and they've got, I don't know, a few thousand people, and they figured, okay, we're going to do this test. And they're doing a test on a universal basic income. You mean they're just going to get free money from the uh, Finland government? That's right. Uh, where's it going to come from? Is Finland just going to turn on their presses too? Evidently, well, huh? they already have. I mean, you know, but yeah, they're just going to. They're just going to. Basically, it's just a different way of looking at welfare. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think welfare but are they is? They're going to tax the Finnish people to give that free money. Well, of course they are. Well, then they're not doing anything. They're not giving anybody anything, then, are they? There is no free money, Frank. No, well, you know, Finland. Well, Finland, Sweden, and Norway are very socialistic countries, but you see. Socialism worked better for them up there than anywhere else because they had basically a closed society. Now, you were able to go there, and you could even move there, I guess, if you followed the law and the rules and all that. But not a lot of people want to move to the frozen tundra, right, of the Arctic Circle. And that's where these countries are. So they had a pretty closed system, and socialism worked for them, and they had a fairly small population. But now you see their socialism is collapsing because they're letting all these Muslims in, and they're flooding their country, and they want all the free stuff, and it's just not going to work. Of course it's not going to work. The one thing that Donald's going to do, hopefully, he is going to send the people who don't belong here home. And he's going to stop the sanctuary cities. And if the sanctuary cities want to keep taxing their own people, let them. That's their business, isn't it? You know, 
Aladath comes on and he says when he was a kid he was making 80 cents an hour. And that yeah. sounds like nothing. Yeah. But when Al was making that 80 cents an hour... He could buy everything he could. That was 80% of a silver dollar. That's right. What is 80% of a silver dollar today? Like 15, 15 bucks? Whatever. That's pretty good for a kid sweeping the floor. Yeah, me too. See, our wages have gone way down. Yes, they Al, are. something else. We're we are out, out of time. time. We are. We're done. We're out. We're, see you next week, Frank. We'll see you next week, Al. Thanks Bye-bye. for being on. Folks, thanks for listening. I got to go. I'll see you again tonight. Stay tuned. We got good stuff coming up. The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement.
increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Welcome to America Betrayed. My name is John Clark, and this is AVR, American Voice Radio Network. We're always going to hear the truth. And if you want to read the truth, go to nationalwritersyndicate.com, www.nationalwritersyndicate.com. You'll also see a preview of uh, tonight's show on there. And again, uh, tune in to AVR every day of the week where you're always going to hear the truth. My One of my co-hosts uh, tonight is Frank Steffen. Uh, he has one of the top shows here on uh, AVR. You might want to catch his show. But tonight we've got a very, very serious show um, because of what's coming up Friday. It uh, it, it doesn't look good. Um, first off, uh, Trump uh, let the boycotting commie Democrats. Uh, he thanked them for giving up their seats because he said we really needed them. So that was a thank you to these uh, communist Democrats. Now, I hope that he thinks that he can go in there and change what's been going on for at least 50, 60 years. And what I mean by that is uh, growing up, I had many black friends. My mentor when I went to uh, Hollywood, California, was a black man. Uh, when I was a biker, when I was a younger kid, uh, there was a black motorcycle club. We were always invited over to their club, and uh, there was no racism involved, none of that. 
And then little by little started creeping in that I was the racist, uh, all white people were the racist. And uh, I go, wait a minute, uh, I don't uh, think that way. But then pretty soon, uh, you know, they all begin to turn. Uh, you know, we've got all these uh, movie stars, uh, uh, especially when Obama came in, thinking that he's like Jesus Christ and a god and everything. I go, are these people crazy? This guy is a, a, a communist. He's a Muslim. He wants to destroy this country. He's a homosexual. Um, just everything. But yet they, they admired him. Now, 95 percent of blacks voted for Obama, 95%. Only 8% voted for Trump, so they're still racist. They voted for him, uh, Obama, because he's black. Now, I also remember back in the 30s and 40s um, seeing films of Harlem. Uh, blacks were dressed very nice. They had nice nightclubs. They were coming up in the world. And uh, they had a chance to become uh, uh, citizens of this country. But they, they were forced not to... Uh, uh, become uh, like whitey or honky or whatever they call them. And now who did that? Uh, well, the Democratic Party. Uh, Lyndon Johnson uh, said, look, here's some free money. Uh, I'm going to give you free money. That, oh, wait a minute. There's only one, one catch. You can't have a man in the house. So that broke down the fam black family. And then you had Martin Luther King, who everybody admired. He was a communist. What they don't understand is communism is the highest form of, the, of, of slavery. But only because they give them free stuff, they keep doing it. They did it, tried it with this election. They've been at this for 50, 60 years. Joe McCarthy was right many years ago, saying there was a communist in every, every block. Of course there was. So Trump has his uh, work cut out for him. If he can correct in four years what they've been doing for 50, 60 years, and they're very upset because they really felt that they had this in the bag, that Hillary had it in the bag. They had everything rigged like you wouldn't believe. These are liars. These are cheats. These are uh, sadists, masochists. Satanic people, they commit, uh, they commit satanic sacrifices. My friend Ted Gunderson used to be head of the FBI office in Los Angeles. He started exposing them uh, about these satanic sacrifices, little children that they kidnapped. These are the Democrats. They killed Ted. They got him with arsenic. Sonny Bono was going to expose uh, the Clinton-Bush crime families. They killed him, too. Now... Like I said, I, I, I don't care what color a person's skin is or what the religion or whatever, but I'm sick and tired of being called a racist and every name in the book, but yet I'm the racist. I'm the only one, a white male, I'm the only one excluded from affirmative action. But yet blacks can go out and have black colleges, black entertainment television, black this, black that, they can rape, rob, steal, burn down cities, and then be rewarded for it. Now, a lot of Americans would say it was a grave mistake by dying, dying to free African slaves during the Civil War. And a lot of Americans are saying yes, because a lot of them are still under the hold of the Democratic Party. 
should President, and they also asked, should President Lincoln have sent the post-war blacks back to, well, he was going to send them to uh, the Caribbean. Thomas Jefferson wanted to deport them back to, well, not, but to Central America. Now, the other thing is, should this guy, this guy, this idiot, communist, piece of crap, Lewis, a former Black Panther came out and spilled the beans on this guy, saying that when he was beat up, when they were going for civil rights, the people that beat him up were Democrats. So he became afraid and went with the Democrats. He's still a slave. Look back in history. I mean, all, every one of these blacks that are boycotting uh, this inaugural are communists. They belong to the Communist Party. Should Al Sharpton be arrested in prison for owing millions of dollars in back taxes? What do you think would happen if you did it or I did it? You'd be in jail. It's not racial discrimination. It's only committed against white taxpayers. Now, what I'm going to be talking about with Frank here, we talked about it last week, that there was a possibility that ISIS was working with the drug cartels in Mexico. And I did get word back from uh, one of my sources that they did an investigation, and they said if they do try it, they're going to be wiped out. So I hope he's right, because there's some serious things that are changing. Uh, some of the security measures are very similar to what happened in Dallas uh, with uh, uh, John F. Kennedy. And this uh, CIA, head of the CIA, well, the CIA and the mafia are the ones that killed JFK, and the head of the CIA now is a communist and a Muslim, a Muslim convert. And they're going to do everything they can. I mean, they are pissed off. So they're going to do everything they can to stop Trump getting in office because he's upsetting the apple cart. He's making the shit float to the surface. And hopefully he'll have a scooper big enough to get rid of it. I mean, it's just amazing how far we've gone down. I mean, Sodom and Gomorrah was nothing compared to what California has become, my home state. So, Frank, why don't you weigh in on some of these things and also the ISIS and all these uh, things that are coming up on Friday? What do you feel is going to happen? I mean, I think it's going to be one of the most unusual events we've ever seen. I lived in Washington, D.C. for a number of years, and I saw heavy-duty events, huge. But uh, this, I was at the Million Man March with the, when Farrakhan was up there calling us an evil experiment gone wrong and that Jews were gutter rats and everything else. So what do you think, Frank? Well, uh, it's already you know, a very unusual uh, inauguration even before it ever happens. You know, I mean, I've never uh, I've never seen anything like this since I've been alive, you know, to where, I mean, yeah, you know, people were upset about George Bush and they lined the way and threw tomatoes at his limousine and stuff, you know, okay. And, and I'm all for that, you know, that's America. You know, if you don't like something, get out there and you're not going to hurt anybody by throwing tomatoes at them or anything like that. That's good. But I've never seen anything like where groups are being videotaped planning to chain down the, the metro subways and uh, talking about punching people in their throats. And, uh, you know, that that's what these little weasel uh, snowflakes are talking about. And they're, and they're caught on 
on video doing it, you know, and I, I just don't get, well, I do get, but, I mean, people who are kind of clueless out there need to start asking themselves, well, gee, you know, if I can watch this on YouTube that, you know, these guys are planning to assault people, damage property, and basically shut down the city, uh, why isn't the FBI doing something about it? Why aren't they going to these people? I mean, if this guy with the video thing, uh, you know, O'Keefe can find these people, why can't the FBI? I think the answer to that, Frank, we saw with Kami when he uh, uh, let uh, uh, Hillary off the hook. Oh, yeah. Is, oh, yeah. Is, yeah. is, is uh, completely contaminated. I think you remember Ted Gunderson when I used to have him on the show when when Ted was head of the FBI, it was a clean operation, but he said it had been completely taken over by the Illuminati. And uh, uh, like I said, they are going to do everything in their power to stop this. Now, a lot of these rioters are being paid $2,500 just to go out that one time. $2,500 are being paid. Sure. And they're also talking about using poison gas. Yeah. I, I read uh, that, too, you know, and, and, and you know, so you got to wonder why, you know, if this this kid with a, a video can find these guys and video them, why can't the FBI? Where are they? Are they allowing this? Is that what's going on? Because if it is, well, then, you know, the FBI needs to be shut down and everybody involved in it needs to go to prison, including especially uh, Comey. Yeah, yeah, what happened with JFK, it was the same thing happened. Uh, the green light was given to kill JFK by our own government. Uh, uh, Lyndon Johnson, uh, also Nixon, and also uh, J. Edgar Hoover. Uh, same thing, and that's why I'm a little worried about this. Well, I'm uh, hoping that Trump. I'm hoping that Trump has learned something from all that, be- and I, and I think he may have. And I don't know how true these reports are, but I w- was reading that Trump has decided to keep his own security people. Well, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Oh, me either. But, I mean, it's it, it, it's showing at least a, a little bit that maybe he is aware of what kind of snake pit he's walking into. Well, he, they, his group uh, is really concerned of a coup d'etat. They are concerned about that, uh, that I know. I've seen that. Uh, before we go any further, Frank, uh, if people like to call in, um, join in conversation, you know, like what we're saying, call in. If you like what we're saying, call in. Toll-free number is 800-932-1980. Again, 800-932-1980. Call in and tell us to drop dead or whatever you want, um, or if you like it. Uh, if you're an American and you uh, really feel that uh, you know we're we're being given the shaft for the last well many many years. The Bush crime, Bush Clinton crime families ran the White House for 40 years plus. Uh, the reason why they're so upset it upsetted their criminal enterprise that uh, Congress and that's all Congress is right now is a criminal enterprise. Uh, the blacks in the in the Democratic Party are all communists. Uh, they hate Whitey. They want their own uh, uh, state uh, part of the country. I say, hey, you you don't like it here? Here's a free ticket, one-way ticket. Take away their passports and don't come back. Like Rosie O'Donnell and all the rest of these creeps that uh, say, well, uh, they're going to go to Canada. In fact, there's one college student uh, right now who said he's going to cut off his penis if Trump builds a wall. Well, I've already sent him a knife, so if you want to <laughs> Well, you know, him. I'm all for California leaving the union and uh, the rest of the, you know, the border states build a wall around there. And, and, you know, they keep bragging about, oh, we got the sixth biggest economy. Well, I'd like to see how California would do on their own. They would crash and burn in, in, in 
10 days. That that state would never make it. They can't compete. Uh, it's a sad disgrace of what that, you know, and they took probably one of the nicer states, one of the more, you know, prosperous states and and turned it to crap. I mean that you want to see what you want to see what Democrats can accomplish. You go look at what happened to California. You look at it in the 60s and the 50s and then you look at it now. This is what Democrats accomplish. You want some more proof? Go look at Chicago and see what Democrats can accomplish. Well, Frank, I grew up in San Francisco, and it was a beautiful city. I didn't think so growing up there because you know, I didn't know anything else. But after traveling, I go, wow, you know, people are right. Uh, but they've absolutely ruined ruined San Francisco. Uh, friends of mine, uh, childhood friends of mine that went to grammar school, high school uh, together, uh, are, are fed up. They said the streets are dirty. Uh, people are urinating, defecating on the sidewalks. Uh, there are special areas for the homeless uh, to sleep. Well, they turned uh, it into a ghetto. Yeah, and and then they say, well, we're a sanctuary city, uh, and yeah, you know, the only uh, weapon that Trump has that I see is to withhold federal funding. Absolutely, uh, I, I, I would, I would, I would withhold every dime from the whole state of California. Not one penny would go back to California for any reason whatsoever. Education, roads, nothing, not a zip, not a thing, not one penny. Good. You got such a big economy. You're such big shots. You're so, you, okay, good. Good luck. You know, no money, nothing, zero. Well, we, can't, we can't let California go. Like yeah, we can't let California go. We really can. Well. Because it's I, already I gone, I, John. It's already gone. You You know, you're talking about. San Francisco being in bad shape and that's you know San Francisco is pretty much considered northern California I mean it's 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 up there southern California is is gone I mean it makes it makes San Francisco look like a nice place okay it it's it, the state is it's a shame but it's a fact and I know there's some counties up in the north that you know there's no real cities up there and there's it's just basically woods but it's still California and all the rules and regulations and laws still apply up there and all the taxes still apply up there and it's well, killing those people the people that destroyed San Francisco the the way it was stepped first is the homosexuals they came into town and uh, they beautified uh, areas that were really run down and people said well maybe they're not so bad they okay then they moved in a little more and then when AIDS came out in San Francisco uh, bisexual men went out and had sex with uh, heterosexual women to spread AIDS to uh, heterosexual women because they knew if it stayed with them, they wouldn't get government funding. Now, I'm, that's not me just saying that. I used to work at the newspaper there, and uh, Randy uh, Schultz uh, was a writer, and he wrote a book, and the band played on. He was a homosexual, and, and it's in his book, and there's also a movie, and the band played on where this was happening. The bathhouses, they would have sex with 100 people, then uh, go out and have sex with a heterosexual woman to spread the disease, because they, they then they want us to uh, pay for it. The well, same way with uh, abortion. Well, and you here's know, the thing. You know, they're still doing it. I read about it all the time. They're still doing it. They know they have AIDS, and they're going out there having sex with as many people as they can. Because they're yeah. vicious, bitter little deviants is why. 
Yeah, there's something wrong with liberals. I mean, their brain. Uh, they, you know, they they should really be neutered. Uh, every every single one of them. Well, I think that's what Lyndon B. Johnson had in mind when he did the whole. Uh, you know, it kind of backfired. But I think that's what he had in mind when they put in the rule. Well, you know, we'll give you money and take care of your kids, but you can't have a man around because they figured, yeah, well, you know, if there's no man around, you won't be having any more kids. Because at the time. You know, the black community was a religious community. Most blacks were Christians, and they and they not only just called themselves Christians, they actually tried to live, you know, by Christian principles. And, uh, you know, they probably figured, hey, you know, if there's no man around, then you won't be getting pregnant again, and we'll be cutting you down in uh, population. And that was where Lyndon Johnson really was coming from, because he was pals with Margaret Sanger and that whole uh, eugenics group. You know, I mean, this is what right. they wanted. And the blacks got to understand that the Democratic Party has, and listen, wanted to exterminate you for a long time. It wasn't the Republicans. It's not conservatives. Yeah, sure, conservatives, uh, you know, businessmen, sure, they want to take advantage of you. They want to take advantage of anybody. You know, it's not just you. It's got nothing to do with your skin color. It's that, hey, if you can work. They're going to try to take advantage of you. They don't care what color you are. I mean, isn't that clear? They'll hire Indians, Asians, uh, blacks, whites. They don't care as long as you'll work for nothing. Uh, you're our boy. But the Democrats, see, they got this eugenics history to where they just think you're monkey people that need to die. And yet they come out there and act like, oh, you know, we're for you and you got to. So how's that working out for everybody? How how the eight years of Obama, how'd that help the black community? Well, Frank, we're coming up on uh, break here, and I just want to make a couple of announcements. Again, the toll-free 932-190. Again, 800-932-1980. Now, yeah, I hope you can. Hear, I hope you can hear me. Okay. Well, now yeah, I can, but you were going in and out there for a minute. I thought we lost. Yeah, you. there's something something wrong with the, um, I don't know, Skype or whatever. Uh, um, the first song we're going to play at the beginning of break is uh, a friend of mine, uh, Randy Forrester. He used to be with Elvin Bishop, and then he was with Eddie Money for many years. I'm hoping he'll be on the show next week along with Donnie Baldwin from Starship. Uh, we're going to do a, a whole hour on uh, just the music industry, my part of the music industry when I produce concerts, also Randy, Donnie Baldwin, and I think think you'll enjoy this song. Again, toll-free number is 800-932-1980.
body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. You've just defended yourself with a gun. There were multiple assailants, and you were really concerned about your legal jeopardy and the resulting media coverage. Was deadly force justified? In your town, the politics of self-defense is not favorable, but at least you're alive and your family is protected. Fortunately, you have Self-Defense Fund, a comprehensive litigation membership, backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more, up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney cost per member. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
Welcome back to America Betrayed. I'm your host, John Clark. You're listening to us on AVR, American Voice Radio Network. If you'd like to call in, the toll-free number is 800-932-1980. And again, also go to nationalwritersyndicate.com, where you're going to read about the truth. And here on AVR, you're going to hear the truth. Um, Tonight's uh, discussion is about what's happening uh, Friday with the uh, uh, inaugural uh, a little worried about it because uh, now all these uh, uh, black communists, and uh, which I feel should be listed as a terrorist group, uh, which we talked about uh, earlier. Uh, also, you know, I was talking about how I've worked with many blacks all my life. In fact, one of my co-hosts uh, before I got sick was uh, Sonny Turner, the lead singer for the Platters. And I had to cut him off because he pulled a race card on uh, one of my guests one night, and I was really shocked. Uh, I I don't pull it, and I hope uh, they don't pull it, but they do. I I was just amazed at uh, some of these movie stars like Morgan Freeman thinking Jesus Christ is is Obama. And, uh, you know, I I had a lot of respect for these people, but I would say boycott all these uh, uh, TV shows, uh, movies, because these people are totally, totally out of touch. They're they're crazy. They're absolutely crazy. But for a little change of pace, uh, I like to go down where it's nice and quiet, a nice, peaceful place that's down in the Arizona desert where uh, my friend and co-host Rattlesnake Ray lives. I hope it's still peace and quiet down there. Let's go down and see what's happening. Ray, uh, I, I thought you were living in a peaceful, quiet place down there. Yeah, John, that was kind of peaceful quiet there. You need to uh, cue the Apocalypse Now helicopters, and uh, it'd be more like what really goes on here in the uh, the southern border. You could uh, have Robert Duvall standing out there (laughs) saying how he likes the smell of uh, kerosene from burning from a helicopter in the morning sun while they're being chased up the road. Yeah, I like the smell of napalm. Uh, yeah, we're talking. We're talking about uh, how blacks have uh, really degenerated over the years, uh, thanks to the Democratic Party uh, keeping them as slaves. Uh, you know, taking away their, uh, the man out of the house, and uh, we've seen all the, the cities that they've destroyed in this country. And uh, I think they're one of the most destructive forces, and they're being used. And uh, I, I don't know if they're too far gone or if. Uh, uh, Trump can uh, save it, and they're saying, well, we're bad. But yet uh, there was a, a black uh, uh, college band that wanted to uh, play at Trump's thing, but they didn't have money. Well, being on the, on Fox Network, uh, the people raised a half a million dollars for him. White people care about black people, and they don't care about the trash that's out there now. And these politicians could care less. The black politicians care less about black people. They just want them enslaved. They don't realize that uh, all the people that you, you that I've known, black people, you knew them when I had them on the show. We had Isola uh, uh, Foster, who ran for vice president of the United States. We had others, uh, all black, and they went to their leaders to kind of get things done and never could because they're pieces of crap is all they are. All the black leaders are evil, no good, 
communists and they've sold their people down the drain. And it's really a shame because uh, there are still some good black people out there, but uh, when only 8% votes for Trump, then you see that there's still racists out there. They are the racists. Uh, how do you feel about that, Ray? Well, yeah, John, I agree with what you're saying. The uh, black or so-called uh, African leaders, they, got, they like to say African-American. I won't use the African-American with them. I'll just flat out say African, because if you want to be an African, just uh, don't insult the, the uh, idea of America or American by putting African in front of it. But the black leaders, to me, are the same type of people who back in the 1600s with the slave trade were the actual people who went out and rounded up other blacks. They were Africans. They were black Africans who went through the different uh, countries on the continent of Africa and brought their own dark-skinned black people to the shores to put on ships to come over to uh, you know Britain and the various West Indies and America and different countries as slaves. So they, they basically, I, I think they're keeping them as slaves right now. Just it's for money. It's all for money. Well, it's their voting block, and uh, those were Muslims that were uh, uh, taking their own people in. Yeah, but yet, uh, it's really amazing that the liberals love Muslims. Uh, the homosexuals are promoting Muslims, yet they want to throw them off the roof. Uh, these dumbass women. Uh, uh, promoting uh, Muslims, joining them. Uh, this Lindsay Lohan, I understand, has gone over the Middle East to uh, become a Muslim. I mean, what's wrong with these people? Well, how do you know what, John? You say Lindsay Lohan. I mean, they're all idiots that gone over there and do that. But uh, that that despicable human being, traitorous Jane Fonda, the Hanoi, Hanoi whore, she should have just stayed right over with the communists in North Vietnam and uh, and become. Uh, you know, a communist over there. They, it, it's just amazing the amount of hate that goes on with the white guilt and hate that these people have for America. And if it wasn't for America, the United States of America does more for black people than any other country, nation, continent, civilization in the world. If, you, right. you know, if any of them would like to, why don't they go uh, over to Africa and see what the conditions are when they're living over there, but they better learn how to use uh, machetes and AK-47s first in order to protect themselves, because they're killing each other over there. I remember when Muhammad Ali first went to Africa, and he got off the plane, he looked around, he says, I sure am glad my ancestors got on those ships. Uh, so I, uh, one African country over there offered any, any black from America to go over there for free land, but they're not going to go because they'd have to work it. Uh, they've been spoiled, uh, but they've all—they don't realize they're under control. They're enslaved. Now, we were talking about uh, uh, Obama being tried for treason, uh, Hillary being tried for treason, uh, and uh, a few others. I, I think practically all of them that uh, worked with uh, Obama in the White House should be tried for. How do you feel about that, Ray? Well, it should only be about a. Uh two-day trial, but then again, it might have to be longer than two-day trial, maybe a two-week trial, but if I just keep bringing up the treasonous and traitorous acts that both of those anti-Americans have perpetrated on, you know, in the in the name of the, their Democrat party. But uh reason I say two weeks, it would probably take two weeks to just read off at 24 hours a day the traitorous uh, attacks that they're guilty of, but 
you know, John, you know, it's never going to happen. They'll just, uh, when Obama gets out, he's just going to keep rising and rising in the, the eyes of uh, of all these uh, liberal, socialist, Democrat, communists that uh, are just going to look at him as the, the Messiah, the greatest ever. You know, they're all going to have those tingles down their legs like that idiot with it that oh, yeah. Matthew said when he's next to, you know, just simpletons. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Frank, I, Frank, I, yeah. I would like to see Hillary locked up. I mean, Hillary should be locked up. And uh, even Obama today, when he released this uh, Puerto Rican that should be in jail for 55 years, he was on a he was a, a terrorist back in the 1970s. But they didn't quite call it that then. Uh, you know, I, I just it's amazing what I think it's just what he's going to do tomorrow with his pardons would probably stand for sedition, you know, traitorous acts against the United States by the time he gets done pardoning in, you know, two or three days when he's going to turn Frank, how do you feel? Frank, how do you feel about that? Hey, John. Uh, well, I don't know. I got to laugh when you mentioned Lindsay Lohan and uh, <laughs> what's wrong with these people. Talk about two weeks. I mean, you know, that won't cover it. You know, you, you could go on and on. <laughs> uh, it's just Look, America's got so many problems, I uh, I don't know what to say other than, you know, I'm really glad Hillary Clinton did not get elected, uh, and, and I've got nothing particularly, you know, real against Trump. Uh, I don't trust him, but even if I did trust him, and even if I did love him, and even if I was supportive of him, uh, I gotta say, I don't, I don't, I don't see how he can fix things, uh, we have fundamental problems that are beyond fixing. I mean, we have uh, we have a morality problem in this country. The the foundation this country was based on was Christian principles, and they've destroyed that, which means you've destroyed the foundation that this country sits on. Then another foundation of our monetary system is our currency, and that's a phony, fake paper tiger it's it's a fraud it's it, you know there's it's a debt-based system it can't stand it's a ponzi scheme that's run its course it's about to collapse I, you know you could go on and on and on about it then you look at the military we can't we can't even get an aircraft carrier in the ocean anymore we can't build an aircraft that that flies anymore we can't even build a boat for around the uh you know the shores the littoral fleet that they can't build that either because there's so much corruption. The Zumwalt breaks down in the Panama Canal because we don't make any of our own uh, microchips in this country anymore. We buy them from China. China? Really? Supplying our microchips for our destroyers? You know, we have problems. And, and then we go, you know, and then, of course, there's the ones everybody knows about. We We have an immigration problem. We have a refugee problem. You know, we have these these problems that everybody knows about, but they aren't the foundational problems. So I think we've got real problems that aren't going to be solved, and people need to basically hunker down and prepare themselves for a real rough ride. Yeah, I would agree with you. Now, if people want a wake-up call, and if you want to, if you doubt uh, what happened with Sodom and Gomorrah, and if you have Google Earth, uh, go to the Dead Sea, and on the west side, Look at the ashes all along the whole Dead Sea there. That's the remains of Sodom and Gomorrah. 
um, that was discovered many years ago by Ron Wyatt. Uh, it, they proved beyond a doubt that it was Sodom and Gomorrah because they found brimstone with 98% sulfur in it. Uh, so ch check it out. Now, they thought homosexuality was uh, uh, fine, too. And it's like just. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.